Is it recording now? It is recording now. So basically what I was about to tell you, we were talking about like old friends and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. apparently we have a friend who teaches at a college, mm -hmm. and I was saying if she said she worked at either UC, UCLA or USC, it would stick out. Now, it brought me to this. My friend a while back told me from his girlfriend, remember, this is only hearsay, that at USC they're known for being somewhat racist and classist and, ri and like about rich people. Like, he would, he would like, and, and given, like, I'm taking this with a grain of salt because this friend has a habit of exaggerating things. He's that bass player I told you about, Wink Wink, who got his girlfriend pregnant, Wink Wink. You oh, know who cool. it is. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean... But, no, I but mean, I'm going to tell you about yeah, USC. So yeah, they, yeah. they... USC, so they, they... Other than, like, them being racist and, you know, white, white, about white people at USC, they're also known for, at, like, fat parties beating up, like... He was telling me they take, like, like guys with long hair that are all into, like, heavy metal and stuff in the bathrooms and beat the crap out of them. Mm -hmm. And then they've got metal detectors at parties. But the thing is, like, this guy's been known... The guy who's telling me this is known to exaggerate. But, you know, it's a, it's a big, like, sugar... That's one of the most popular sugar baby colleges, USC. I mean... So. I mean, all of those things, <clears throat> I mean, the thing is, dude, those things can be applied, either those specific events or something similar, to any place in the world, you know, mm. I don't, I don't, you know, and the thing is, I can't even say that I, that if I, it's a frequent occurrence, or if I can't, it's like, I can't, yeah, there. that's the thing, is I, I can't even say if it's, I can't even say how much of that is merely rumor or facts, just because I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't have people in my circle, going to frat parties, parties. I don't have anybody that's in the mix like that and, and can keep me in touch with that. So, yeah. only yeah, thing, oh, the, the funny Actually. thing is, the thing is though, is that I will see a major story will break out, and you know there will be a case of you know uh, uh, you know police harassment or you know uh, you know like a sex you know a sex allegation of like a, a sexual assault or something like that, or you know saying some racial injustice or something like that. And you also got to remember that it's, it's part of a neighborhood that's slowly being gentrified for decades. USC, um, yeah, that area, South LA. In, in, yeah, South LA. And um, you know the irony being that those suburbs like Inglewood and Compton and whatnot were initially white neighborhoods back in the 50s and 60s, and then you know white flight occurred, and then you know they became. You know, they completely, you know, they were, I guess they were gentrified in one way, and now they're being gentrified uh, again in a different way. Mm. Um, one that's, 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 that's etched out by different econ uh, socioeconomic um, uh, lines. So, for USC and UCLA, I mean, I mean, those are the things that, you know, that happen. Um, Unfortunately, the, the frequency of it is, is another thing to factor in. So when my friend originally told me this story, my response to it was like, I, I asked my dad because he's the closest person to me that that graduated from. He, he did the grad pro, USC grad program there. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, I didn't hear anything about that, you know. But of course, he's in his mm -hmm. own one class. He told me he was in a class with only like ten other people. Yeah, you know. But and, it's, and plus, you know, and plus, they, you know, they didn't have the benefit of being able to verify. You know, saying stuff, uh, have video or audio. Well, maybe, maybe, but it was, you know, not nearly as, as common. Obviously, it was like the late seventies, early. Yeah, it had to be like the yeah, late seventies. Yeah, no, yeah. there was no footage. There would be next to no footage of it. Yeah, handheld cameras weren't really a thing until eighties, <laughs> nineties. Yeah. I think they had some in the seventies, but it was more like a probably a middle class thing. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is that all kinds of fucked up shit happens. In every environment, fucked up shit happens in workplaces, fucked up shit happens in sororities, Uh, yeah, we're good.
even though I don't need anything. Well, they don't mind. They don't mind if you just get to. They don't really care because I mean, there's people who oh, no, get to the market and stuff like that. Oh no, I know. I'm aware. But now that I'm like, like now I kind of want something. So I don't come to I don't come to Denny's this every day. This is a treat. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. But, uh, I, I didn't listen to the the M16 uh, podcast all the way through yet. But like I know, I know quite a bit about it. I'm just gonna basically kind of bounce off you. Just, to, mm-hmm. just I'm wondering what they covered, because it's, it's it's mainly about like all the stuff that went wrong with Vietnam. But I'm gonna show you these pictures. We're not unless you want to put these in post. Feel free. But um, so there was three other main rifles at the time. Well, including if you include the M16. Mm. So and I think I will. The Australian. Ah oh, shit! I'm gonna get these threads. Bless you, pancake. Thrustlash <laughs> is a pretty good cake too. Oh, I was gonna say I was like I was like ten forty nine for a couple pancakes, but that I guess that's what the uh, oh it's buttermilk. Okay, so they cook they cook the fuck the pancakes with cinnamon sugar. They top it with orchata ice cream and then more sugar. Then they pour the warm. Then you get to pour the warm cream on the uh, for yeah, authentic translation. Yeah, but um. Okay, on second thought, that's too fucking much. I just want to get like a couple of regular ass pancakes. Plain. But anyway, yeah, there's a couple of sauce yeah, on the side. A couple plain Jane pancakes. But like, anyway, getting back to guns that you could shoot through pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> if I think I think if you're operated with any type of firearm, they can't they can't fire through some pancakes. Then I mean, you know, way too long, right? You're gonna be in a you're gonna be in a tight spot. <laughs> so. Basically, they cover, They talked about. Did they look, talk about the K47? They look like a different kind of cleaner. <laughs> so, what you were saying? Did, did they talk about um, the K47, or or did they only talk about the M16 the whole time? I don't know. Like I said, I only listened to it once, and then I was I was working at the same time. It was, but the the gist that I got out of it. Actually, I'm gonna get first tell you. But the gist that I got out of it is. They they were mainly talking about how how you know the manuf how how the manufacturing they were more so talking about how individual egos like how the humans you know and their ideology and egos and just self interest get in the way of a huge operation like you know trying to provide working firearms for a military doing a international conflict. Thank you. You're welcome. So, like Springfield Armory, did they, did they, was there any mention of that organization at all, or no? I mean, perhaps. Um, like I said, I can just remember more of the abstract part. Like so, I, do, I do remember the dude named Stoner. Eugene uh, Stoner. Eugene he's the Stoner. one who designed it. And then, his, and then, but, and then they were talking about somebody else. Mikhail like, Kalashnikov is, is his Russian counterpart. He's the one who designed the the AK-47. So the A and the K in AK-47 stands for Optimat Kalashnikov. Okay. Optimat is the Russian word for automatic rifle. Mm. Kalashnikov is his last name. And then the year 47 is 1947. That was the year it was designed. Is that di- is that different than the Kurishnikov, or is that like a no. mistranslation? Is that like a miss? No, Kalachnikov. That's the actual. Okay. Yeah, maybe they pronounce it differently. They're okay. just saying, but it's Optimat Kalachnikov. 1947, hence the name AK-47. Uh, okay. M16, that is model m- model number 16. Mm-hmm. AR-15 is the civilian variant. Okay. 
So that's the one, and it uses a different round, the 223, mm-hmm. which is the one we're allowed to purchase. Well, I think we could purchase that 556. By the way, for the sake of the podcast, what, what was the name of that? What was the name of that podcast that I? Um, what's the name of that podcast? The one that you sent me. Yeah. I did you send me it through text? I sent it uh, through Messenger. I'm gonna pull I'm it actually, up. I'm, yeah, I'm pulling it up too. So the third rifle, I'll tell you about it in a little bit. While we pull this one up. Yeah. Uh, a dumb history. A dumb history. No, no, that's the um, by lion history by lions led, led by, by donkeys. donkeys. Yep. Lions led by donkeys. Yeah. So and the episode is 67. A dumb history on the M16 rifle. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. You yeah. gave us a subject matter. Yeah. So this weapon that I'm about to pull up, it 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 pre it. It postdates the AK-47, but it predates the M16, and I'm, I know they definitely didn't talk about it because I asked you about the other rifles. But the United States was going to adopt this weapon, but because of like what you talked about, di- different like egos and and different like pant- greasy palms and things like that, the M14 was chosen, yeah. and that rifle was already outdated by the time it came out. It you know it wasn't using a pistol grip, and it was. The problem with the, another problem with the M- M14 is that yeah it's outdated and it didn't come out it came out after the G3 and the FN foul and the FN foul here this was the rifle the United States was going to adopt instead of the M16 or the M14. Really? Mainly what stopped what stopped them? Well, the fact that this is the fact that the M14 is American designed and the oh. fact that I was going to say that looks very um, yeah this is Belgian Belgian okay it's designed by the Belgians they call it the Bel- some people call it the Belgian big shot it's nicknamed throughout it looks very Eastern European <laughs> it's, nick- it's nicknamed throughout the Cold War was the right arm of the free world and this is actually a very popular weapon in Africa there's still like African free fighting group like freedom fighting groups that they use those till and they still work yeah to this day yeah. that's still like pre that still date to the 50s yeah. like there's still people being killed by these the same <laughs> rifles that were built back then they're pretty sturdy but they get dirty when you don't clean them though well of course isn't that all guns mm, well the AK-47 can work under a lot of different circumstances it just but they still need to clean it yeah eventually. you need to clean it but just not as extensively like you could use like from right. what I heard you could dip shoelaces in motor oil and run it through the AK-47 and that's clean enough for it to use all right. <laughs> that's, that's why, like, so many people are obsessed with with that with that rifle. But yeah. No. That's no. It's interesting because you know firearms and a lot of stuff related to the military and and our stuff. I only know some of you know the bigger stories. Like, yeah. yeah, Iraq was a disaster. Yeah, we've you know attempted coups and overthrown you know freely elected leaders and all that. But getting more into like those minute details. When I look into it, like and some of those like details could lead to to your death, your your end, if you don't know about like if you pick up the wrong one or use you know use something outdated. So well, I you know well I don't intend to. I don't intend to be in a conflict like that, but I yeah. mean, it, can, it can be. But more so, this, it was more so to me what really stood out. Like I said, was the the like you said, all the conflicting interests. Because for a lot of people that don't know, one of the reasons why the Vietnam War is considered a failure mm-hmm. um, is you know basically a, a war that the that, uh, that the United States lost is because when it comes to to issues like this firearm, the the M uh, sixteen. You know, there was a rifle that was engineered that was ready to go and whatnot, but but there were unnecessary changes the made AR-10. to the AR-10 that became the AR-10, um, the AR-10 solely for the, and it was and it was for the sake of ego and for certain military contracts, you know, to reward, you know, rewarding, you know, what I'm saying, you you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, just grips. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, you know, what happened is you get a situation where soldiers, and not all of them are even completely trained or, or, or trained in how to use firearms, period. They get a weapon that can't, uh, they're not given cleaning kits, so they can't even clean their weapons correctly. Um, there's the part of the manufacturing process uh, uh, makes it so, uh, it changes the powder, the, the, uh, the gunpowder that's used in the bullets, so the firing rate becomes uh, random and unpredictable. So every time you pick up your weapon to use it and discharge, you don't know how quickly you're going to go through your magazine. Oh, did you know Did you know about this? There's this thing called a chain fire when the barrel's too hot, or sometimes, sometimes when something's too hot, the rounds can just cook off. Just because of the powder, because the bullet really oh, wow. is, the bullet yeah. really is just three parts. Mm -hmm. It is the projectile, mm -hmm. it's the case, yeah. and then it's the percussion cap, which is at the end. Yeah. Originally, those three separate parts during the American Civil War were separate. You had to put on the percussion cap by itself. You had to pour on the powder, and then you had to put in the projectile. Oh, that's what was okay. And then before that, before they had the percussion cap, they had this thing called the flint, hence the flintlock musket. And those didn't work when it was raining out. Outside, oh, and that's why we have a song. Our band has a song called "Keep Your Powder Dry," because when you don't, before the percussion cap was invented, they needed they, they needed dry conditions for that flint to ignite the gunpowder. Oh, hence, yeah. keep your powder dry. Yeah, they, yeah. Being something that the generals always said to their troops before battle. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of get the, the whole. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I knew that I was aware of that analogy, but like I said, there was more minute, you know, nuances. Yeah. Yeah, all no, bullets are basically those three parts, so it's not yeah. it's not exactly impossible to create those on your own. So a, a children's toy, a cap gun, is basically plastic versions of those percussion caps. Because right. if you just ignite a percussion cap on its own, it'll make a spark. Yeah. So the concept, you know, the concept is pretty simple. It's just about using a you know whatever tool that you know that is more durable. So if you have something that's as durable as you know a machine gun or an automatic rifle, you know, then you can shoot some very dangerous. You know, you shoot projectiles at a very dangerous, uh, you know, rate. So, so, so here's, here's, I think we might start to open up this can of worms a little bit. I won't get too heated on it, but I know quite a bit with like the history of, of uh, firearms. So people are talking about like, like you know, restricting gun sales or mm -hmm. or people being able to build guns on their own. So it's already been so many years. Like the 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 World War II was over 70 years ago now, mm -hmm. and they made they manufactured guns that could be built by resistance groups even because the Germans would want to confiscate any weapons that they're not using mm -hmm. so even in those conditions they wanted to make guns that were easy for rebel groups to build on their own in secret in their basements so they created the the, the Sten gun so I'm, I'll pull up a picture for you I think I, I think I'm familiar with that the, they created the Sten gun for the French resistance and the British to build themselves and basically, and who, was, and who created this? The Allies. The British designed it mm. so the French could use it. <coughs> and basically, you could build it out of. You could actually build a really crude version out of, out of pipes mm. out from a house. So they wanted they wanted it just so people could build it in secret. Anybody could right, build yeah. it. And you basically, and from a school shooter's perspective, you know, this is horrible. Obviously, don't do this. But you know. This is horrible. Like, basically, from a... We do not endorse, we do not officially endorse any school shooters. <laughs> so, 
the Sten gun basically is a fully automatic weapon. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's only automatic too, and it's always open bolt when it's not when it's not uh, even when you have it's usually carried unloaded. But any any person could carry this into a classroom, build it their own oh, in their basement, and mow and mow down a room full of thirty people. And anybody could build it. That's fucking bad. That's why, like, here's common training for this. Now, here's a safety precaution for those of you who are in the middle of, like, a shooting or something. What you're usually trained to do to avoid the line of fire is that you lay down. When you lie down, you see, you can only sweep from left to right. When you're running in different directions, you're still in the line of fire. But when you lie down, you have to do this. You have to, like, aim towards the ground, and it's not exactly in that same sweeping line like this. So instead of like this, you have to do like this, and then you have to like pick every target that's on the ground, and you you're not gonna be able to get everybody like that. So it's like, you know, yeah. like, like obviously there's no video, but <laughs> but yeah, you have to you have to aim towards the ground and aim yeah. towards that way. Yeah, but no, that's the Sten gun. That's yeah. just that's and they still the Hell's Angels use that. The, it's very popular with biker gangs. Oh shit! It's very popular in Africa. Once again, Africa. Dude, this is real, come quick up again. Tang- real quick tangent. Um, I don't know if it was explicitly through these biker gangs, but did you read the story about that uh, that huge biker gang fight that broke out at a restaurant, a diner, like a couple years ago? Was it the, ago? the one with the Cossacks? I think there were the Cossacks. I'm, yeah, I don't know which. It was two gangs, and there was you know whatever. There was apparently there was a meeting or whatever because there was a fuck ton of them, and um, a handful of people died. And you're like, you see video surveillance of the shit. You just see bodies dropping, you see glass breaking, like in the shit area, area, people just hitting the floor, and it was just like, oh, but here's the great part. So I happened to see an update on this story less than six months ago. Um, all the char, all of them got off. And now here's the thing. Now here's the thing. Wow. Now here's the thing. That is. Now here's the thing. So there were charges against like over at least over a hundred and some odd of them, right? Mm. Now I think now from what I remember of the story, I have to pull it up again. But what I think, what I think I read is that. Is that because they couldn't get because they couldn't you know because they couldn't get all of them on something they decided that okay it'd be easier to just drop all of these charges on them and then go after a lesser number of them on other charges because it would be obviously it takes a lot less time a lot less you know manpower a lot less you know you know a lot less bullshit uh, so I think that's what happened. So that's kind of like the caveat, because um, obviously there wasn't like you know 50 people shooting at another 50 people, um, but you kind of in those situations it's like no you lo- you get everybody scoop them up, squeeze as many as you can, get as much inf- info as you can, and then go after you know what I'm saying the bigger fish, the big it's, po- it's, po- it's possible. Yeah, I think the but that's fucking that's fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something kind of even like a lot funner. They actually, did you know this about Jesse Ventura? Mm. That he's actually the former sergeant of arms for the Mongols. Holy shit. Yeah, you didn't know that? What does that mean? Well, the, well, the Mongols, of course, are a California motorcycle gang. Mm. And here's the whole backstory, though. Like, because the Hells Angels, they kind of have, like, a background with, like, white supremacist groups. Because they only, they didn't really allow Mexicans into their biker gangs. So the Mongols are, like, more inclusive? Yeah, so the Mongols were known to, like, be made up of a lot of, like, Mexican bikers. Okay. From like the from like post Vietnam, mainly through post Vietnam guys mm-hmm. that were.
that were still looking for a thrill. They were still addicted to that adrenaline and bloodthirst and that bloodthirst. So Jesse Ventura's friends, like he was already a guy who rode motorcycles at the time. It's like, hey, why don't you join our motorcycle club? Sure, sounds like a good idea. And then he eventually became sergeant of arms. And he said whenever illegal activities were being discussed, he was told to wait outside. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And and the thing is, like he said, oh yeah, everybody knows about it. Even when I ran for governor, like everybody knew about it. <laughs> Good lord, nobody nobody really cared. It's like, what are you gonna do when they ask you about it during the elections? Here's what I'm gonna say: When I was in the Mongols, nobody messed with the Mongols, and if you like me, nobody's gonna mess with America. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is when he was running for governor? Awesome. Thank you very much. You're yeah, he was yeah, he was already like like he was a he was a Mongol when he was when he got out. No, no, but, he, but he, that was his but that was his pitch. Um, no, that's what he was saying to Joe Rogan during the during his interview. But it's like if they ask you during like if you run for president, and they ask you during the debates. What would that's you what say? I was, that's what I was saying. I was like, wait, did he say this when he was running? When, like talking about no, president or about governorship? I was like, he was talking about president. I was like, he's gonna the governor. I'm like, oh boy, a little too, <laughs> little. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody knew about it when he was the governor. It's like, yeah, I didn't hide it at all. <laughs> and he was even laughing too. Oh boy. It's like I didn't hide any of that. Yep. And we and we we had a shootout with them with a the, yeah, the casino. Yeah, the Hells Angels are a bunch of racist bastards. And we fight them directly. We take the fight right to them. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> he can only get away with that shit. It's like I I. I I'm glad that Jesse Ventura is somebody that I see is mostly on my side on these issues, but I'm like, he can only do that as a white guy, <laughs> in this country at least. I think I did actually did this um, survey on Facebook, I'm sorry I'm jumping around on subjects, but um, I don't think I got your full take on it yet though, because I asked everybody, alright, so porn star runs for president. Mm. Would you not vote for them on the fact alone that they used to be a used to or are currently a porn star? Well, no, on that fact alone. On that, on that fact alone. But the thing is, but the implication is that it's not so much. But the implication to me wouldn't be so much that they are not intelligent or they're not savvy, mm -hmm. but that it's. It takes years, you know, to, to develop all the different skills that go into become, you know, in domain like politics. Like there are, it's easy. It, hold on, it's easy to look up, you know, read information and to learn about policy and learn about the inner workings of stuff. But you also have to have a different energy. Just like there's a lot of entertainers out there, but there's not a lot of, you know, um, you know, quote unquote stars. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And. Um, you know, there's just some people who just have a different, you know, energy, you know, or different, there's, there's some people are just different, you know, for a mixture of different reasons, internal and external. But um, it's not that I would doubt that somebody who was, you know, currently or recently doing porn, but it's just like, okay, how have you been develop, developing your political acumen so that way you can go in and properly execute your, poli your, you know, your policy, your proposals and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you want my vote and shit, you want me to give a fuck about what you're doing, you have to show me you know what you're doing. So, on the fact that they're a porn star, like, itself, no, that doesn't bother Okay. That's the, that's the main, yeah, and it has to be that on its own. Yeah, no. On its own, not the, because, because I think, I think you somewhat brought up age or experience into that mix, because there are current and former porn stars well into their, the men, sorry, sadly, mm -hmm. mainly, um, 
40, like late 40s, 50s that are... Dude, Lex Steele. Yeah. How old um, is he? He's, he's easily, if not in his 50s, and he's at least in his late 40s. Yeah, there you go. And the thing is, I've seen a couple of yeah, interviews. That's funny. He's done interviews with, um, or at least one interview with DJ Vlad. And in that, and the thing is, he's very articulate. Um, he's very articulate, very, you know what I'm saying, very level-headed. And, you know, you know, very concise. But clear in his in his speech, you know what I'm saying? Um, Lexington Steel. Lexington Steel. I mean, he's a brilliant motherfucker. And I mean, you know, and he runs his own, you know, his own business. He still performs. Um, so you know, he's he's doing his thing. But the thing is, so like, he's somebody that I can see, but it had to be like, okay, what have you been doing the last ten years? It's like, well, you've still been in the business. You've still been doing this and that. I'm sure you, I'm sure you, you know, you're great in this space. And when I, but what have you done to show me that you're great in this other space? Mm-hmm. You know, every every space has a certain set of skills, and not all of those things transfer over. You know, what I'm saying having charisma or having good negotiating skills in, in in one business doesn't always translate to to, to other businesses, other ventures. You, only two porn stars come to mind: um, Ava Divine and Nick Manning. Nick Manning, very funny guy, and, you know, you're talking about articulate. I'll show you an interview later, but, you know, because I, I don't want to, because I can't really repeat it verbatim, because I was, he's basically talking about, like, the male's role versus, like, his role versus the traditional role of a male in the household and how he kind of rebelled against that mm-hmm. and how men who don't have kids are labeled as deficient. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I'm so proudly deficient that I don't give a, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like that. So, but I'll, I'll show you that later on. Now, Ava Devine, Kind of what makes her special in my eyes, um, probably her compassion. Like her as an individual, because she talks about like, I don't know. I heard about like as as insanely freaky as she is, blah blah blah. Um, she's known for being very compassionate towards the homeless community. Like like I don't know how much of her paycheck goes to them, but she's always just doing stuff for them and always doing like all the soup kitchen stuff and you know and not and not for show, you know, because like like you don't see. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, whether it's whether it's for show or for not, it's what they want to do. And the thing is, yeah. you shouldn't see that, you know. And I'm, and I know that this isn't your point of view, but it's like, mm. so a lot of people, you know, that juxtaposition of somebody, you know, being very freaky, sex, you know, or being, you know, very um, experienced um, or quote unquote transgressive um, in, in in their sex lives, let alone being a you know a sex actor. Um, damn, what the fuck was I going with this? Oh yeah, that we shouldn't see those as as contradictory traits. Mm. It's like why can't somebody be highly empathetic, you know, well spoken, good business acumen, oh, yeah. and then also be an auteur, you know what I'm saying? And being um You uh, could definitely do all those yeah, things. You can be all of those things and more. And it's and it's really more so the limitations of society. You know the pressure of society that you know know that this is what you're supposed to be, and like you said, with the analogy of men not having kids, you're seen as deficient or something wrong with you. Mm. And you know, now you see Facebook posts, you know, people talking about the cost of childbirth, mm. and you know, what I'm saying it makes all the more sense to you know different generations and different people of why you can't, you know, what I'm saying why it isn't why it isn't responsible to have kids, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying and start a family, or even put your name on a lease with another, you know, working adult. Not because they're deficient, but because the situation we're in is very unstable and unpredictable. You know, so it's not—it's not exactly the environment for growth mm-hmm. at all. 
it's not, yeah, it's not an environment for stability. <laughs> stability, growth, or any type of, you know, mm -hmm. you know, like you, it's, 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 it's kind of sadly gotten to the point though, like whenever, well, not, not to say like salt or being everybody being salty towards like weddings and and engagement posts. It's just it's just that there's always that kind of undertone when you when you kind of see that come up is like ooh. I kind of hope you know <laughs> you you see that come up and it's like hmm. Well, I think that's you know that's kind of like. It's not a jealousy thing. It's what? like wow, you like you guys really ready for this. You guys got the, you guys prepared. I mean, there's the ceremonial aspect of it, but there's also the, there's also, yeah, of course, the financial is important because, like, those are, if you plan on having kids, that is mm -hmm. their future. That is their, you know, that's the food on the table. That's that, the roof over your head. This is true. Um, yeah, I mean, but, the, you know, hell, I met a couple... I met a couple some years ago who said that they didn't, I, I think that both of them had been married at least once. At the very least, I know both of them had kids before they met, each, they met each other. And so they said that they didn't do a big ceremony and shit like that. They just went to the courthouse and got it signed. Yeah, and, then, and, then I think, and then they just said, you know, that they would just, you know, go to visit or have people over to visit and shit like that. You know, cause just because it's not, you know, even if you have the, the funds and you can take the time out, it's like okay. It's like look. It's great that y'all are, are. It's kind of. It's kind of also like okay. I'll just. I'll just. I'll just come around when I come around. You know what I'm saying? It's um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. As as somebody who hasn't had any long-term relationships, and you know, most of the people in my circle, I say, have are are. Most of the people in my circle, I would say you know, are kind of in the same boat. Um, it's not something that I've encountered very much. As a matter of fact, I've only been invited to a handful of weddings. Wasn't able to attend most of them. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think that, I just think that, I, I, I don't, I'm not opposed to the idea of like marriage and whatnot. It's not, you know, as long as everybody has an understanding of things going on and of course legally, protect, you know, protecting my assets. And you know my partner being you know treated fairly and whatnot. But beyond that, it's just like you know people are starting to to recognize you know like you said the ceremonial, the the, the performance, the theater. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's just Bridezilla. It's, just a, it's, it's my day. Yeah, it's just a fucking it's just a money pit. You know what I'm saying? A lot of it, uh, you know, you know, it's a, another thing I was thinking about on the way here is. Um, maybe doing a, a, a reaction watch-through of the movie Quest for Fire. Because mm. this is this related to it, because I'm talking about what... Because we watch movies that kind of deconstruct our institutions. Mm. That's kind of why I was kind of having you watch those Kim Duck movies with, with me. Mm. You know, but I think one movie that I'm probably... Because I was trying to figure out why I wanted you to see them, because I like your point of view on, like, dissecting them. But I think one movie in particular I'd, I'd want you to watch with me is probably Quest for Fire. Mm. Quest for Fire is basically just about cavemen. It's about friggin' what is before everything was, you know. Mm. But basically the scientific view of, of in the beginning, mm. you know, before all those institutions were in place. Yeah. Because, like, 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 
like I think they were talking about like where morality comes from and blah 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 and language. Like the, they're showing Homo sapiens before language, before there is such thing as a husband or a wife, mm-hmm. before you know, just because because everybody's just like fucking whatever, pooping wherever, peeing wherever, what whatever, yeah. cavemen, yeah. you know. But it's it's showing like the evolution to them. They show because they show another tribe with a developed language and some sort of belief system, and they have a uniform way of dressing. And it shows those those early Homo sapiens with no language meeting up with them and learning things from them, mm-hmm. you know. And th- and that's like the interesting part of that movie. So, is there any basis of that? And it I, also I talks I, about evolution too. I, okay. Not talking though. Like, right, right, right. In our terms. <laughs> no, it'd be interesting. I mean, the thing is, when you get like, I mean, obviously this is an art. You know, for art, you know, you have to take certain freedoms as an artist. Yeah. Um, There's only so much is known about 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 uh, that. You know, about the snapshots. You know, about the snapshots of the time. No, but it would be fascinating. But the thing I like to keep in mind about about the analogy you just made is that obviously of those minute details, you can have certain. You know, like a. You know, you can have that scenario. But then I would like to understand, like, okay, at what point? Because you know how um, it's, it's been mentioned that different societies around the world, like before they can even communicate or, or known about one another, that like that the that the that the people like in South America were doing the similar things as people in Africa, they were doing mm-hmm. similar things as people in like Asia, and that they were doing it independent of one another. So it's almost kind of like it's well, it's like the development it's, it's, in babies. Yeah, it's kind of like once it's kind of like it's kind of like. Certain, it's, it's kind of like certain tribes or groups were able to progress at a certain, you know, a certain rate, and whatever resources they had, they were able to, whatever resources they had access to, they were all able to make them serve the same purposes, well, well, or here, similar purposes. Here's a really easy, this is really like, like a lot of people have experienced this and will notice this, so the words for mother and father around the world in every country are very similar. Mm-hmm. Mama, Baba, Dada, mm-hmm. and then Mama, you know, Baba, like, you know, yeah. that's the same word. The re- but you know the reason behind that? No. It actually has to do with the development of babies and the development of speech, because the first sounds well, children make are mom, mom, bab, 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 like that's, you know, right. that's, those are the first sounds they make. So it's not so much that, like, these different civilizations were trading words, it's just, so that kind of probably comes in with, like, the development of the human brain and the development no, no, of the that's children. what I was, yeah. no, that was the point I was making, yeah. is that, is that they were able to do this independent of yeah. interaction, of knowing each other even existed. Yeah. So it's, like you said, so it's kind of like, there's something in nature. It's, yeah, that's one of those nature. things like that's where the nature is. And just, not nurture. Exactly. It's just that given the room and the resources to, you know, kind of develop an experiment or whatnot, human beings are able to get to this certain point and that they will do it independent of one another. Uh, which is, you know, which is super fascinating. There was also like, um, I think, I think what some Neanderthal graves that they found when that they had like flowers and that it actually was a funeral. Because like they're they're actually caring that somebody died and they're actually showing that they're sad that this person's no longer around yeah. anymore or you know they that the fact that like you know they're paying attention to this person and it's not just like oh yeah that's hey, doing good it's like that one over there it's not yeah. you know no no that's the development of that kind of you know system well the thing is something like like uh, mourning is something that's reflected in various uh, species, species of, of animals, of animals. Yeah. so you know I think that's so that's so that's just more of a um, innate thing of just being a social, I guess a, a social uh, being, a social being, a social creature. 
um, is kind of recognizing that, oh shit, like, you know, I think it's kind of recognizing that, okay, that this is somebody who, you know, had a particular role, you know, that was, that was a part of your network, so, you know, to use more modern, you know, terminology, and that, you know, whatever that they were bringing is something that will, it will never be exactly the same, you know yeah. what I'm saying, like, because we are all, you know, as many similarities as we have, you know, even if it's only one point zero one percent of us that makes us unique, it's like when that's gone, that's gone, and it's, it's, it's never going to happen again. And so. they're showing how a relationship develops. Mm -hmm. They're showing like these neck. They were talking about like the necklaces they found in the grave and mm -hmm. the flowers and you know all these different you know little little sculptures, keepsakes, you know memories. I don't know about pictures, but you know, just thinking about just different things they found them with. So it's it, like so watching Quest for Fire, it's it's. Well, I definitely, well, I definitely Neanderthals had Polaroids. Polaroids. Yeah, I was talking about like drawings on the wall. Oh, drawings. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they did make. Maybe you know, like they draw well, on rocks or they, something. Oh, yeah. rocks, dude. I mean, they made plenty of shit. They were not like Neanderthals. I think Neand I think we look at Neanderthals as being less developed than what they were because I mean these are the first people that had any semblance. These are, these are like the first people who had any semblance of of communal organization and 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 you know sophisticated even the the first makings of like of, of sophisticated communication or abstract um, um, abstract thinking and abstract uh, abstractions and shit you know showing signs of being able to think in an abstract manner <laughs> uh, what would you think what would you think maybe maybe putting somebody through what Tim Key Duck movie would you pair with Quest for Fire just no we don't have to discuss, discuss the what? plot I don't have a, I don't have enough context for all oh, that oh yeah to, yeah to, sorry I don't, yeah I don't have enough context I've, all I've seen is those three movies and I can't remember Cause I was Everything thinking of, like, exactly about them. Because because I was thinking about like deconstructing the institutions and kind of what they put in place. Because like I think I think what bad guy and and maybe like I think one of the other movies would would do is the whole institution of there being like this hero supermanish type character that kind of restores everything to the status quo. You know I don't know what you what do you call that like it's not uber. It's, Wait, say that again. This this hero supermanish type character mm -hmm. that comes in to restore the status quo whenever everything gets thrown out of whack by the villain. I mean, that's basically like any basic like superhero. It, to me, that's just the basic or just superhero any, or hero story. Like, or hero I mean, story, yeah. Yeah. As far as because even now, with, what like you, a film noir, you have a yeah. now what you were saying about like object or excuse me um now what you were saying about this like, ubermensch or like a um. um What's the other term for it? Um, what's the great, a great man or some shit like that? Mm. It's not as popular now because you know it be, it, 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 it's basically saying that this this as opposed to like a superhero a superhero plot where okay there are, there are chosen ones or people that are you know superhuman or supernatural and whatnot. It's like you also have you have this different story of like a, a great man or a great individual whom is a human, but is just a human that excels in all parts of humanity. They're the most artistic, they're the most, you know what I'm saying, reason, you know, they're the most intelligent, they're the most athletic, they're the most charismatic, you know what I'm saying, they, they just excel at all, you know what I'm saying, hu um, um, uh, human endeavors, which is obviously bullshit. And a lot of it, you know, especially during the 20th, uh, 20th century, 
was geared specifically towards uh, uh, white propping up uh, uh, white supremacy, uh, uh, white supremacy mm-hmm. and shit, or an Ubermensch, um, a great white hope. Yeah, basically. Um, but just that motif in general of this one human that is just an exemplar and it's just beyond you know all other humans and because and and not just that but because of that reason they need to be respected and anything you know that they do is considered the standard now this ties in do you know who Ayn Rand was yeah and her so Ayn Rand was a writer in the 20th century and she came up with you know her philosophy was considered objectivism um, which is ironic because uh, there is not really anything objective about her philosophy but basically it can be summed up like this. One of her, one of her, um, one of her books was called *The Fountainhead*, and the central character was an architect, and I can't remember his name, but he was considered so brilliant an architect, and you know, saying he was aware, and everybody was aware of his greatness. And basically, throughout the novel, it's just about proving that he deserves to do whatever he wants, and he deserves to be successful, and everything should be laid down at his feet because he's a great man, and without him. Society would be doomed with mediocre architecture, you know, uh, you know, mediocre architecture. And here's the thing about it that kills me: I didn't ever even finish the book. Dig this, and this is the reason why. Well, you can just read the Wikipedia summary. Well, there's a Wikipedia summary, but there's also people who do rundowns or do um, their own breakdowns and analysis. Of it. Spark note. Now, now, nothing will replace actually reading the book. Mm. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that you know I can quote all these different parts. But here's the reason why I stopped reading it. I get to a part of the book where there's a woman character, um, I don't know if she's also an architect, but she comes into contact with our protagonist, our Ubermensch, right? And I don't recall, I don't recall if there was a genuine lover, I don't know if there was a genuine uh, uh, romantic, uh, romantic uh, uh, heat between them, but he sexually assaults her, he rapes her. Mm. And following the rape, you go into the woman character's mind, and she kind of, she basically, she she basically concludes that she should be happy to have been raped by somebody, by such a great man, by such a unique, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, architect, mm. that he is so great, that he is so brilliant, you know what I'm saying, that... You know what I'm saying? That she, that that he deserves her body. You know what I'm saying? And to me, I just knew right then that I couldn't, I couldn't stomach reading this shit. That told me everything I needed to know about how this. And Ayn Rand is a woman. Um, so, 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 and I forget what part of Europe she comes from. But the thing is, it's so sad to see a woman who clearly has internalized so many. Uh, misogynistic, <laughs> uh, uh, patriarchal, you know, saying views on femininity and, and being a woman and just this, you know, quote-unquote objectivism. There's nothing objective about that shit. So, I, I, could, I could even compare something like that to, because cause there, there's, there's horrible characters that they, cause I, I'm, this is going to get me a lot of hate, the Bible. Even that in and of itself, like God in the Bible is a pretty like horrible person. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the thing and is, and it's so much, so much, you know, like justifying. No, you should suffer for him. You know, like Lord give it, the Lord give it and take it away. Well, that's what separates. And, well, that's one of the things that separates Christianity. 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 Um, that's one of the things that separates. It separates Christianity 
from a lot of the Abrahamic religions because there is the that you can make atonement, that you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that you can be forgiven no matter what point in your life you choose to convert. Whereas in these other religions, it's kind of like you have stains on you sometimes from birth, and there is no redemption from that. And to, and, and to even smaller numbers of more extreme um, uh, uh, devotees, zealots, you know, saying they believe that that other people um, should be uh, killed for these blemishes or these stains on their on their supposed you know that uh, never go away that never go away so so I was basically yeah, talking about like how, how like God's character or some of the characters in the Bible are, are just they do terrible things. Yeah, like, that's like, what the Old Testament is. Yeah. The Old Testament is just the Old Testament is just a bunch of petty bullshit. Yeah. It reads exactly like uh, Greek and Roman mythology, mm. whereas you know somebody got snubbed at a party, so he's like, okay, I'm gonna fucking you know cause an earthquake and kill like a million of the people who live in your realm of you know saying the planets. You know what I'm saying? Where where humans are just you know, we're just these, um, I forget the name for it, but it's kind of like, we're just kind of used as, uh, for keeping score, you know what I'm saying, for them. You're like, I took a million of yours, we take a million of these other, you know, who cares about humans? We'll make some more. You know, you know, you know what's one thing that, like, a thought I've been playing with in my head, that I think we're talking about, like, the most effective way for, you know, the enemy mm-hmm. to get their message out there, because, you know, we're talking about, like, white supremacists shooting up schools and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, we're talking about, like, this, like, a Barbie or a pop star type figure. Yeah. One of the propaganda ideas that kind of, like, popped into my head, like, why not just, because the whole, a lot of it's kind of driven by, like, you're, they're talking about, like, white incels, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wouldn't a white incel like a strategy for them would be for them to make something like porno a porno that shows how desirable white people are because they're not hurt you're not hurting anybody in the process and you're like putting into the heads of colored people that they were not so great look how good looking these this white woman and this white man are look how desirable they are well, look you know, how like why not make something like that instead of shooting up a school because that that's more effective of a message well here's well here's the thing about it you know here's the thing is that we somebody who's going to go up and shoot up a school is not operating at the same level as somebody who is um, working in the sex um, in uh, selling um, selling or entertainment making, making, making porn or entertainment because Cause sex because, because you know. here's the thing you need to recognize is that the porn industry um, is already mostly ran by white and Jewish men mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying as a matter of fact Bang Bros uh, you know one of the most famous you know what I'm saying outfits um, you know some of their uh, the act, most of the actors and shit. And the thing about it is, yeah, there was a lot of pursuing of. There was plenty of. of so white, so white people are already the default in many of mm-hmm. scenes. And then for certain scenes, there's the fetishizing of of yeah, black men. of having not just black men, but just have, you know Asian you know women or you know Latino or whatever situation. But it's yeah. about that. It's about that fetishizing. So the thing is, to just have strictly white on white, it's kind of like. The market, the market, the thing is, is that like, the mark, that's not what the market wants, and then there's already white people that are so predominant in all the different facets of the business anyway, so it's like, so it's kind of like they've already won in that respect, you know well, what I'm saying? I was thinking I, like a I, porno that kind of hits you over the head with the message though, the whole, you know, it's like, they, look well, how already, great we are, you know? Well, they've already, well the thing is they already have, they've already, there's a famous, there's a famous screenshot 
of a um, a white man that has a black woman or at least oh, like yeah. a mixed girl in doggy style and he's given the you know the side and there's a flag behind him. So, you know, um, there's definitely those things and then you'll see footage that, hell there was there's a more recent one. You gotta check out these subreddits. So there's a subreddit called Asian Identity, which is kinda like a um, it's almost like kinda like an Asian hotep mm -hmm. type of uh, subreddit. Um, I much prefer like HAPAS, uh, H-A-P-A-S. Um, I think they're a little bit more intersectional and less, le a lot less toxicity in there. Mm. Um, the Asian identity, there's a scene, uh, they, they talk, one of the posts was about a scene of an Asian woman on the bang bus. And she, while she's in a doggy position, she has her face in lo mein, in a bowl of, on a plate of lo mein, and she's eating it, right? And this is, and this is fairly recent. Yeah. And the thing is, is that she's seen, you know, like defending her choice, and that other people are saying that she doesn't recognize how she's internalized, um, kind of, the, you know, the fetishizing of, of Asian women, mm -hmm. and that there's nothing wrong with, um, and that it's one, it's that, yeah, of course you're consenting to this, but look at what you're consenting to and why. And so this brings up another point which we talked about is when we talk about preferences, mm. um, whether it comes to dating or preferences in your tastes in anything, is that we all become conditioned by stuff just outside of what you know we think we like. So it's like, so 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 somebody so somebody so like I'll give an example. I was dating a woman who um, she said that you know she's only interested in black men. You know, and I and if you can't and if y'all don't know. But I can't tell, I am a black man. My voice may not necessarily give that away. Um, uh, but, 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 but she said, you know, I only, I'm only attracted to black men. And the funny thing is that, like, when we, would, when we would show each other the porn that we were watching, you know, I'm somebody who's, you know, I've pursued or dated people, you know, people of various backgrounds. I've, you know, um, but she... Almost none of the porn that she was watching included black actors of either gender, and so that was really puzzling to me. And so, of course, I would like I would kind of fuck with even her, even though she says she's even though she says she's only attracted. To and so, I, of course, naturally, I bring this up, and I'm like, look, dude, if you wanted like, there's nothing wrong with being attracted or wanted to date somebody of another ethnicity and stuff like that. But it was like she had internalized, um, you know, you know, whatever issues she had. We never really got that deep into it, um, but what, she had internalized, you know, saying whatever issues with her. Um, you know, whatever her dating experience has been about who's approaching her and how they're treating her and then her own expectations and how she, you know, and then of course, you know, grander cultural uh, signals and stuff like that, right? And decided that, you know, whatever, that she can watch all these different ethnic groups, you know what I'm saying, engaging in sexual activity, but she couldn't see herself in it or that it was kind of like taboo like you know like like yeah it was so it was kind of funny to me on one end and then also kind of sad um but it was like she would get very defensive when i would you know kind of question her on her preferences or kind of joke like oh after me you're gonna hook up with a white dude after this or something and she would get like kind of upset about it i'd be like dude relax like this <laughs> i th i you think know. i think it brings me to this theory that um i've told you about this before but that um you could actually it's, it's, uh, I wouldn't I don't know if it's like pansexual or bisexual but um you haven't met everybody on the planet earth no. you don't re you, sometimes you don't really know that you're just just surface level attracted to them until yes. you meet them yes so so you haven't met every man on the planet earth and you haven't met every woman on the planet earth and you haven't met them of all ages of of all you know yeah you only ages. get a, you only get a you only experience a small sliver of of 
the humanity that's available in the world. Even if you're like a millionaire, or even if you live for like 200 years, you're not going to see. You, you know, still want to see a fraction of it of of humanity. Yeah, of humanity. So one of the things that kind of points out this theory is that uh, once again we're bringing up that friend. <laughs> that friend. So he told tells me he only has a very specific type of mm -hmm. female. Like you're telling yeah. me how that female friend of yours only has her like she's only attracted to black men. Mm -hmm. He says he's only attracted to Latina women mm -hmm. and maybe like that have dark eyes and short hair, shorter than him, shorter than him, and maybe that have braces. What? Yeah, he has a very specific type. That's oh, not even a type. Well, well, you know, he even has like featured detail. Latina, you know, is basically yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like yeah, nerdy yeah. Latina girl, basically. Is what okay. His is uh, type, he tells me. Right, right. So I take him to like this meeting of people that are. That's like saying I only like you know people who wear like red shirts. And yeah. Like okay, like. <laughs> so what? So what? When they're not wearing a red shirt, you're gonna be like, no fuck you. So, so this is this is gonna be kind of fun. So. We, I take them to a meeting, you know, it's for cosplay, it's for anime. So people are dressed up, there's several men cross-dressing there, and mm -hmm. then there's several like people in costumes, and people dressed differently. And we meet uh, a Filipino guy, mm -hmm. other than myself. <laughs> we, meet, we meet a Filipino guy, and he's uh, cross-dressing, you know, uh, cross-dressing as a girl, and he, he's doing the whole, you know, he's doing the performance, he's doing the, vo the high voice. Yeah, you know, he's I, spamming it up. Yeah, he's, fa he's spamming it up, and... Um, you know, I know, like, I talked to him later on, like, he's, he's, he only does this at, like, conventions and yeah. stuff like that, and, you know, he's, he's usually casually a guy, mm -hmm. you know, he's not, I wouldn't say he's exactly, like, transgender or, or yeah. trans, uh, you know, I, I'm, he just cross-dresses occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm driving home, and I'm talking to my friend, and it's like, yeah, when I met him, I was having butterflies in my stomach, I was so excited, I couldn't believe I was so attracted to this person, he's not anything like my type. Yeah. You know, so he invites him over to his house just to ha to hang out. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they play video games mm -hmm. with each other. And he sees him, and he's not doing, he's not cross dressing, he's not feminine. He has a little bit of stubble, <laughs> and he has a little, he grows a little bit of stubble out, and they're playing video games. And he just, all of his interest flies out the window, and he's like, "Wow, I lost all interest. I, I lost all interest because he reminded me of you, Matt, basically the whole time." <laughs> But dude, that's what and there it is. you go. That's the but dude, but dude, that's what it is because it's like we go off of the performance. So that's what's so you know when people say like you know like girls you know, in their sweats compared to you know when they go out with a dress and you yeah. know you have to think I'm but beautiful in both. But there's also the but there's also the implication of a quote that you know we used to pass around more jovially, but now is a little bit it's more you know derogatory is mm. the term um, you know traps and the, you know the quote oh yeah. are traps gay and so. Um, it's like it's just like with gender identity and how much we gauge performance. Like like let's be like let's be very blunt here. When we meet people, we are not, you know, saying asking them about their genitalia. We're not asking them, you know, saying what's what what's going on under their clothes. You know what I'm saying? We're just trying to get a feel of her personality and we're going off of the performance. And and, and the thing is a performance does not mean something forced or something artificial. It's just the result of the signals that we give, uh, whether they're whether they're on purpose or inadvertent, and so, and it, and it, you know everything from you know what I'm saying how some you know everything from somebody's grooming to the way that they speak to their you know nonverbal cues, their 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 their, their body gestures, um, their energy and all that stuff. So it's like 
it's funny because I have a friend who had a similar thing, and I don't know if he ever explicitly said he knew he was, he was a guy. He knew he was a guy. Well, it was. Well, well, here's the thing. So I also had a male friend whom he never explicitly said if he was bisexual, um, but he told me that he was attracted to you know somebody who he described as very feminine and and I guess recognized that either they were. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they were under the impression that they were transgender. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because the one time that I saw the individual, their interest, they he came, they, they came off as more of an effeminate gay man mm -hmm. as opposed to a feminine uh, woman. Mm -hmm. And similar story that he said that he was no longer interested you know, he said that he sh that he was no longer interested when he saw that individual in a more in that, in that, in that more you know more masculine performance, um, or in that you know in that perform in you know expressing that particular gender identity. Yeah. Um, so once so once again, it's like you you because the thing is at a certain point you know what it is that you desire sexually, and then also well actually this ties into something else about nudge nudging or nudge theory. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't know that much about it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. say that I'm an expert, but I mean, the idea of nudging, of that you suggest things to people, or that we, you know, it takes, it takes a certain amount of pressure um, sometimes to get us to, to find something and to realize, like, oh, shit, we actually like this. Mm -hmm. um, so, now, I'm not, you know, I'm somebody who I don't think, I don't find, you know, uh, uh, not that there aren't attractive transgender people, but when it comes down, you know what I'm saying, to sexual activity, I don't think that I'm going to be dating. That's not something that I, you know, I don't see that in my future. Yeah. Um, unless we travel to uh, to Macau or Hong Kong one weekend and <laughs> meet, meet yeah, some people. Yeah, we take a weekend trip down to Brazil or something. Yeah, and then who knows, you know, who knows what the, the future but, holds. But really, yeah. but, um, but really, it's like, the thing is, we go off of... So much of, of how we base, you know, what I'm saying our, you know, our attractiveness or what we look for is a, is is a gender identity. Because first of all, there's only so much time that you can spend having sex, and then secondly, mm. um, you usually, you at a certain point, you have a general idea of what it is you want sexually, and part of the and the thing is for a lot of men, and this is when they start, start talking about like toxic masculinity and shit. Um, in rape culture, is that you have a situation where you have sex pats or sex, uh, sex, sex, um, um, shit, what does the pat stand for? When people travel to certain places just to have do sexual activity. That oh, they sexual tourism. Uh, oh, sexual tourism. That's the, yeah, that's the better term for it. Um, but then you have, but, but that's where you create, tourism. you know, you create sex tourism, you create the under, underground illicit, uh, or you foster the illicit like, uh, sex trade, and then you have situations where which is common on a lot of um, army-based, military bases around the world, where soldiers will go into brothels or you know bathhouses or you know whatever, um, and have sex with transgendered um, sex workers, and you know when they quote unquote discover that they're that they uh, are transgender, they'll kill them, you know, or at the very least assault them, and this has been a recurring issue for for, for forever, and so. You know, but part of that stems from it's not so much that they oh, all of a sudden discovered that they were having sex, um, you know, with somebody who was who was born of a different gender than than, than they than they than they saw them as. Uh -huh. It's because they feared the social 
sanctions, repercussions, repercussions of being discovered by that, or, or even being associated. There, there's, there's accounts of there's accounts of transgender. Um, it's, it, and it's mainly against you know women, uh, transgender women. You know, like you know, they were born men, but you know they they you know live and identify as women, um, getting murdered on the streets simply for. Um, Simply, simply for you know making a wave or just you know acknowledging um, a man in front of his friends and stuff because it's kind of like oh shit like I can't even be you know associated you know saying that like, compared to like years before when um, I think I think like the, people didn't want to be discovered with like a prostitute of a different ethnicity or uh, or probably I'm not as well read on that particular history but I mean certainly like when you're engaged like when you're whenever you're doing stuff that you know, undercover or enlisted and stuff, you know, oftentimes what you do, if you can't, if you can't, you know what I'm saying, like, um, if you're more sophisticated, then you'll just try to, you know, um, um, uh, prove the accuser to be untrustworthy, to be, um, you know, a person that should be ignored. If you're more brutal, you know what I'm saying, more savage, then you'd be like, I just gotta, you know, I just have to exterminate this, this the evidence, basically. That's what you, that's what you look at another human being as, you just look at them as a, you know what I'm saying, a record, a physical record of your sins, and you can only be absolved by erasing them. Um, you know, and the same thing goes in, like, prison culture, like, there's, you know, but, but I want to, before we get there, I want to go more into nudge, nudging and stuff, and so it's like, you know, so we think, so we think about, um, um, you know, how men, you know, how we try to appeal to women and stuff, and all, especially when we're younger, you know, we'll just try to say yes to everything, we'll just, you know, uh, you know, plenty of comedians have made this joke that when you're trying to get, you know, you're trying to get laid, and so not that you don't like her, but you're also trying to get, you're also trying to get laid, because that's a lot harder for us to, you know, typically for us to do, so it's like, you just kind of go along and pretend that you like everything that the woman likes. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe Anything. actually legitimately changing your interests just to fit in either well, with the group socially or to enter a life because you don't really have an identity of your own. Well, the thing is, is that that's, well, that's part of the reason, well, that's, yeah. but that's part of the path, right? Yeah. Is that you go and you're, you're, you're hoping to get to this one thing, so you're putting up with all these other stuff that at the beginning you see as obstacles, and then later on you start to see like, oh, okay, wow, I actually do have an appreciation for ballet, or that, you know what, I yeah. really do find cooking or these other... Watching a show you don't watch. Watching a show that you don't like, you find a new appreciation blah, for blah, blah, blah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then there's other stuff where you still feel like, nope, I gave it some time, but I'm glad that, I'm glad that I realized that I'm not really about this thing, but I'm glad that I moved past my initial discomfort. I, and so it's like... You, I got the funniest thought. Just like freaking yeah. a dude, a dude like marrying a girl j and pretending to like stamp collecting for like 30 oh, years. Wow. <laughs> That's the most like horrifyingly boring thing ever. Like he spent 30 years of going to stamp collection and that, sorry, no offense to the stamp people who are into <laughs> stamp collecting, but just... <laughs> It's like, baby, uh, you're everything to me. I've been married to you for 55 years, but that stamp collecting conventions, uh, we gotta cut that off. Like, we've got, we've got, like, so we've, got 12, we've got 12 kids, you know? So why'd you wait 55 years? You could've told me six months, like, after six months. Like, you know, we could've, we could've went to a football game. I love football. <laughs> Oh, that kind of football? Like the one that doesn't involve stamp collecting? <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is that um, I used to shit on scrapbooking. And I didn't shit on scrapbooking, but I looked at it as like, oh, that's corny as fuck. And then I had to do one for um, a class. I had to do two of them for, uh, uh, I think it was a communication class or like a, some type of class. Um, 
in in community college. I'm like 24, 25, and I loved it. I fucking loved making a scrapbook from the magazine, right? Um, you clip up magazines, you know, magazines, newspapers. Just you just find, you know, you, you can't just, find you it printed out. Yeah, you just find bits and pieces of shit that you can put, you know, pictures and, and quotes and whatever the fuck well, they think like, and images that you think represent. Um, that's kind of re you know represent shit, and it was kind of like, oh wow, like it was fun because that actually like, opens the door to this though. That's like that's actually memeing in the in the oh, yeah. in the in the in the raw, the what do you call that? The the primitive form of meaning. Like that's I the original. That's, I wouldn't even say that's primitive because it's like the it's original. Very, it's, form. Very, it's very. I, that's not even original because the thing is, is that like to get to that level, you have to. Because the thing is about a meme is that even though the Richard Dawkins came up with the term for meme and what we understand, you know, of, of sharing images that you know that that you know communicate so much in so little time, is that. It's just a it's just a modification of the photograph, which is just a modification of you know what I'm saying um, any type of illustrate you know any type of illustrative art, um, which itself comes from, from abstractions, abstractions of culture, abstractions uh, or abstractions of culture basically, um, because it's communicating information about certain situations or about certain ideas or certain experiences that. Um, if you know, you know. Kind of, you have to either go through these things or know how to, you know, recognize these traits and shit. Otherwise, you won't get it. You know, saying like, like even something as scrapbooking is pretty, um, is pretty, it's pretty nuanced and sophisticated. Because if I were, you could look at the scrapbooks of people who just live in a different time zone in the same country and not know what any of the shit, you know, fucking means. We could look at scrapbooks from people in Northern California because we're in SoCal and not get any of the fucking references. Um, or it's just different interests, you know, like some people watch Seinfeld, some people watch Game of Thrones, and you know, it's... But if you, you know, want to get really, but the thing is, if you want to get like really like localized, okay, you know what I mean? like you can, you can... Oh, like events and newspaper clippings. And, and monuments and, you know, yeah. local heroes or, you know, yeah. Local, yeah, anything. You can make it as, you can make it as um, microscopic or macroscopic as you want. But I think, but, but once, it, but just getting back to the broader point, like, I loved it because 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 having being forced to take this assignment and being nudged into thinking in this way, it made me have a new profound experience, or not profound, but having a newfound appreciation for um, for this life and being able to talk about the things that have helped shape the way that I am and the way that I think and how I see things. The funny thing is that when I was I was going to think this was going to happen if. Uh, if the net neutrality thing didn't win and the internet was like totally gone, we were gonna have to hang out. Well, still in limbo. Yeah, if we were gonna hang out in front of the library and actually have to physically like give each other memes, <laughs> and I was actually down for that. It would just be like I cut it out of a magazine, it's like here you go, and I just write a bunch of funny dialogue, write it with a marker or white out. <laughs> just like physically. <laughs> well, we still have the internet. We still have the internet. Yeah, but just paying always, so much for it. Paying so much for it. Yeah. Yeah. You always Bluetooth shit. But I mean, like hanging out. It would be like hanging out and physically like doing. You know, hey, let's all hang out here and just tell each other jokes. I mean, okay. Let, let me tell you about this. So you're so, saying that it would actually revitalize. Um, people were saying that, yeah. Some people were saying that there was going to be a positive thing to it, that like bands were like, people would actually have to physically promote and all that. But I wanted to get to this, I wanted to get to this first though, before we get on to that. Yeah. So, 
the band Motorhead, like they, like back, they were growing up in like the late sixties, early seventies. They had nothing to do in their hometown of Birmingham, England. Yeah, they did a bunch of fucking drugs. So one of the things they did is hang out at the phone box and trade dirty stories. That was like the thing. To do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I actually had another friend in high school. He told me he's like all they did for fun was hang out at the Walmart and just cause trouble all day. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't, I don't, I don't have <laughs> really. I don't have. I don't see. That's why I don't really. I don't. I don't um hey, I don't, I don't get nostalgic boxing. I don't get nostalgic for that kind of shit. Um just because I mean we also know Lemmy was, you know, in all different ways outside of being a musician was a piece of shit. Um so it's like I don't want to emulate somebody who led the his, who lived their life the way that he did. Mm. Uh, you know, no offense. Awesome. But I was um, like, hey son, I don't wanna catch you doing heroin. You should do speed instead. Yeah, really. That was like one of those Hey, if you don't want to raise the child, then just say it. Just leave. Just walk away. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I don't really admire that. The thing, because the thing is, is that like the technology is so much. The, the, the technology and shit is so much more efficient. Mm. It's so much more effective. And the thing is, the only reason we have like. And it's so much more rich because so many more people can participate. Not everybody can hang out on the street, you know what I'm saying, at 8 o'clock at night. And nobody really should be. And, and, and you know, almost nobody really should be. You know what I'm saying? Um, not that you should be chastised if that's what you do. But, um, you know, but at the same time, it's like when people know that they have uh, a network of people that they want to hang around, people do go out. So the thing is, people still hang out plenty. It's just that it's it's a lot more focused as opposed to just everybody just hanging out on the fucking street and just and, see what happens. And many niches were able to spring up like yeah. things that there was actually a video. Dude, the whole dude, our whole sense of humor and and our whole sense of everything has changed. Our whole our whole you know way of thinking about everything has changed since the internet has become um, a part of pop. Uh, so, uh, permeating in, in throughout the mainstream. There's a video on this this YouTube channel. Quick shout out to Alternate History Hub. Mm-hmm. What if the internet ever existed? But the main kind of point they touch upon is mm-hmm. kind of how both movies, TV, and and things are traded without an internet involved in this. Because we we all know about Netflix and many other things coming yeah. into the the medium. So the main thing they touched upon is the delivery device for movies. Because because the last thing we had was DVDs. Mm. DVD Blu-rays. So the main device that would come into play is SD cards. Mm. So we would be basically a culture of trading SD cards or delivering SD cards or, you know, you, maybe there would be like a, set, a hub in the center of an apartment complex or in a neighborhood. Well, now it would be more like hard drives. Mm. Hard drives. But, I see, but, they, it, but that's like small though. You right, just, yeah, 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 yeah. You have less to transport with you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. It's like a hard drive is pretty, you know. Yeah, exactly. Kind of bit. Uh, maybe if you're transporting like a lot of information for the government right, or something exactly. like that. But like an SD card, maybe what, what do you call those? Those those tubes that shoot air. That those would be like the dominant um, structure. But it but it would be mainly based around SD card trading. Mm. Like yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there there could be like a limited form of internet because we all know about like local land systems mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, there there'd be a limited version of it. And and like you know actually like the origin of our internet or the kind of why it was put into place. Why it was put into place? Or yeah, why or why it exists to begin with. I'm guessing it has something to do militarily, like yeah, being able to you're definitely, like you're definitely there. So 
the World Wide Web in the 1970s was put into place because it was a way of communication between, like, like government and military, of course, mm -hmm. just in case of nuclear attack, because we needed a form, uh, they needed a form of communication between, like, underground bunkers and stuff like that. Right. So they wanted something like the internet for them to communicate rather than just telephones. Yeah. So because real quick note for people that aren't aware, there are cables on the ocean floor in the Atlantic connecting the United States to Canada. Oh, excuse me, the United to States to, 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 the, to Europe. Yeah, the telegraph line, the yeah. transatlantic. Or even beyond that, we have we have all kinds of the communication Pacific. lines in the, in the, across the, the, the ocean. But a lot, but at the end of the day, uh, everything can't just be satellites and towers. You need uh, wires on the ground because in case those shits fail, you absolutely need to be able to um, have uh, quicker communication. And, uh, yeah. And, and, so the World Wide Web was made just in case of nuclear attack from Russia. Yeah. And like, say we become, you know, like like the video game Fallout, basically. So it's a Cold War. Uh, yeah, it's a Cold War invention. And like, OnStar is also one of those things that came out. Like, it was actually on the mm. drawing board in the 1980s. That makes sense. So, so you needed something like that for for like the White House communicating different military, but they didn't think it would become such a big like cultural and recreational thing. Yeah, of course. Because everything always goes to the military first before it goes to us. You know, like cellular phones and radios and, and not everything, drones. but a lot of not everything, yeah. but a like lot inventions of shit, a made lot in the private shit. Yeah. yeah, inventions in the private sector are you know yeah. a big deal. But it, like if if it had a military application, NATO's knocking at your doors. Like yeah, you know yeah. about that robot with you know <laughs> about that robot with artificial intelligence. Yeah, we're gonna take that from you for a hundred thousand, or you're gonna disappear. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh my god, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like nobody's what what new article that's that's gone that's gone uh, <laughs> those drones that you have in your backyard buddy those drones with artificial intelligence yeah nobody knows about them yeah and nobody knows you exist anymore yep yeah that's pretty oh much yeah dude like it's so I was listening to a comedian who just talked about how they came back from Russia and talking about how it's interesting because they just barely got stand-up comedy and you know this is a society where if you're saying the wrong shit about the leader, you know what I'm saying, or about just the local, you know, figureheads and shit, you can get killed. Now, 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 of course that can happen anywhere, but, you know, say in countries like the United States, making fun of politicians or local, you know, figures that are, that are, that are uh, well-known in the, in the community and the um, very um, prominent, you know what I'm saying, Aren't going to directly come out and retaliate. Uh, come out and retaliate against you. Um, so in Russia, he, they were describing how you know people. You could see it in people's expressions and whatnot. They weren't always sure if they were going. You know, uh, uh, like he would set up a joke and then say something. You know, and then say like Putin or whatever, and then everybody would just go dead silent. You know, saying then like the joke you make has to be something you know you like you have to tread very lightly. You know, saying and everybody may not you know say even respond just because they don't want to you know be ratted out. So there's still that climate of fear of being able to just laugh at a joke. You know what I'm saying? There's there's even well not really the opposite, but like the opposite when it comes to reactions. Like when Stalin's done talking, like they couldn't everybody couldn't stop applauding. Like the applause had like almost went on for like two hours because some people were scared to be the first one to stop applauding. 
so that's that that was like the level it was at. Ugh. And I think the same kind of thing goes on with like North Korea, where it's like if you, if you don't clap, if you don't if you're not the first to start clapping, or you know you're not clapping as loud as everybody else. Dude, have you seen the ceremonies of Putin wa Putin walking in um, when he's when he's walk? I don't know what it is exactly. It almost looks like a fucking throne he walks to, but, but like when he's addressing like the is. Um, uh, when he's giving his addresses and shit, and he's walking down, and you see like the the enthusiasm and just looking, oh, not even the enthusiasm, but the performance. Mm. You know, the energy that people are giving off. Just like you just see the like they're scared. Like nobody's not gonna clap. You know, what I'm saying unless you have a fucking you know firearm that you're holding up and shit. Um, real quick, I just want to give a brief like some levity, real quick, just to kind of lighten the mood. Um, so I, I shared this to my Facebook from Reddit today. This is hilarious. This is on a post called um, 2X Chromosomes. And it's called, um, a, a subreddit called 2X Chromosomes. And the Reddit post is called Left and Right Vagina Mansplained. Quote, was hanging out with a couple of guy friends last night. One of them saw the tampons in my purse and mocked me for carrying two, quote, left tampons. Since both tampons have an capital L on them, I must be putting a left tampon in my right vagina. He went on for a sec about how using them wrong will give me UTIs or urinary tract infections and chided me for not using them properly. I honestly didn't know how to respond. We're all in our mid-twenties. A few of my friends have slept with him. I know he's seen a vagina. He had to have noticed there was only one. Turns out he had apparently seen a light a quote, the L stands for light and R for regular tampon next to each other as a teenager and assumed they meant left and right. Never put any more thought into it. The other guys there are never going to let him live it down. Interesting. <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost like the whole, like, like Donald Rawlings, Ashley Larry, like he, when he was a policeman, he didn't really pay attention in high school, so they played a joke on him. They sent him to the hospital to ask them for fallopian tubes. <laughs> <laughs> so the nurses, so the nurses even played along with it because they didn't. They kind of they figured out right away that he didn't know about anatomy. So they actually gave him a box and wrote fallopian tubes on it and oh, gave it to him. It's like I'm an official police business. I need a box full of fallopian tubes. Was there actually anything in the box? I think they were just regular. What's in the box? I think they're just regular vials, regular tubes, you know, glass vials, just so we wouldn't come back. I'm like, just giving away tubes like that, fucking up the inventory. <laughs> medical, medical inventory. That's hilarious, dude. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. How long have we been going now? Hour seventeen. I think this is this is good enough like time period for it, but um. Yeah, I know. The, the, I, the idea I want to, the idea that I'm having for it, because are you gonna come Wednesday? Yeah, I should. I want to get, I want to get. Um, let's let's mention the name of our friend here, because we're still recording right now. Uh, Keenan, I know you have a podcast going soon. We definitely want you to come out. But uh, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about like the dating thing, because I know there was something I wanted to bounce. Oh yeah, off. let me use the restroom real quick. Yeah. Is there a pause? Now, I think for something like this, we have to, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can pause. Yeah. Uh, so I want to hit on, you know, real quick about the dating thing. Um, so there's, this, there's this woman, um, this, I don't know if she's just a model or an actor. actor. She must be a model of some kind. Wow. But um, she looks like she's, you know, she's a, she's a, ah, she's a some type of Eastern or, or South, Southeastern Asian descent. Wow. And her whole stick, part of her stick is she goes around to different places and 
farts as loud as possible. Mm -hmm. Now this is a woman that is, you know, she's she's considered, you know, very attractive. Um, you know, you see her in swimsuits and stuff like that. And she'll pull her pants down, you know, and show that she's wearing a thong, and then just, you know, she has like a bullhorn, and she's making, you know, she's farting as loud as possible into a bullhorn. And um, interesting. And it's and it's just like, and this is and this is you know a woman like I said, this is a woman that's, that's you know, she she looks physically attractive, and um, you know a lot of motherfuckers you know like her, and. Um, or she, she's getting a lot of attention, I should say. Um, I'm trying to see. And, I, and, I, and I'm just, and I'm just like, it's so funny because I'm like, you know, I don't know whether she's, I don't know if she's a cool chick or if she's, or, you know, I don't know about her personality, you know, if she's a cool chick or if she's not. But it's just like, it's so funny to see a chick that's like, she's it's not her, right? I'm, I'm looking for I it. don't think so. Um, probably say like a model or something. But anyway, long story short. But it's just kind of funny because, like, it kind of reminds me of a of a of a, of a Patrice O'Neill bit where he talks about part of the resentment that he had that he had with women was okay. I have to I have to be able to speak a certain way. I have to dress a certain way. I have to have a certain amount of money. I have to be you know what I'm saying. You have to like my friends. You got to like you know all these things about me. And then just for me to find out that like you know what I'm saying. Oh, if he's talking about two girls, one cup. Mm. He's like, I have to do all this shit. Just and then there's, and then there's two bitches over here that will that that and then two girls one cup. There are bitches that are dimes that are eating each other's shit and vomiting in each other's mouth, and they have a price. There was a price that was paid for that performance. You know what I'm saying? And then yet you're here giving me, you know what I'm saying, the the you know 21 questions and shit, and then I'm just supposed to be looking at you as a prize. It's like bitch, there's bitches over here that were literally eating shit, vomit for money. And you acting too fucking good to, to to give me the time of day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like it's kind of, but it's, but getting back to this woman, it's just kind of funny because it's like, wow, I have, you know, I'm like, you know, maybe she, she's probably a cool chick or whatever. But just thinking about, wow, all the women who look like, you know, she is, who look like she does, and maybe people are having different standards for themselves than they do other people. Well, here's the thing. Well, just like with preferences, what are quote unquote standards? What are exactly. you, you know, like what are stand is that what you were gonna talk about? Um What was the point you, I, before I went on the tangent? I, you wanna talk about dating and things like that? No, yeah, cause, no, because it, it was um yeah, people just different having like maybe it's like, Oh, I could do this but you can't do this basically was was like kind of the idea I was thinking in my mind. There mm. there are people out there that are saying, I could do this but you can't do this or you could do this but I can't do this. Just right, those unspoken um Barriers, yeah. It's like stuff. because you're this kind of person, you can't do this. Because you look like this, you can't do this. And some well, of them, give me a more you know, concrete, give me a more specific example. Well, because if I go into it, I don't want to like hold up, you know. Because because I, I I gotta think about, you know, because uh, you're oh well, I think an obvious one would be like oh because you're a fat guy, you know, you can't you can't really fart around me, but I could fart around you because I'm an attractive. I mean, there are people out there like that that do think like that. I mean, I think something like flatulence is, in general, considered, no matter what your gen, like, like obviously men get away with, with being more sloppy in that, in, in general, in that respect, at least amongst, you know, um, it's not as much of a stain on your personality, if not your underwear. Um, <laughs> That's a good fast one. Yeah, um, but, but, 
I mean, I, I, get, I get what you're saying that like you can only be so slobbish around women, but I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of women in general. No, I was I was saying certain like like yeah, just certain women. So some some sometimes it's like cool like oh yeah, you know, definitely around me. I don't care because like like different there's there's somebody like that and then there's somebody you know. But then also when you say can't, it's like. Well, what am I looking for? Is this the capacity of me just being a friend? Is this just me exactly. like you just you somebody else's girl? Are you a friend's girl? Are you like, are you just some like some people's like no, no like because because I've met people back in back in high school that were like oh, don't do that around me like really no, really mean, prudish yeah and you know you know it's a, a funny thing because we're talking about like you know you're talking about girls that look like this willing to do this all right I'm gonna well this uh, this is about like music interests because mm-hmm. this is kind of you know this was kind of being like a like in high school, I was like a heavy metal elitist, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, you know, the whole, you know, a beautiful, uh, attractive girl who listens to a certain kind of music is amazing. Mm-hmm. There was, um, I don't want to talk about like shame anybody's look or anything, but she was, um, she not necessarily a, you know, Convention- short, conventionally attractive. Yeah, she was, you know, short and fat, you know, you know, short and heavy set, you know, woman. Mm-hmm. And you know, and she was. We were talking. I was talking about with another friend, like you know, this punk rocker girl. And we were talking about, yeah, we we're talking about music with pig squeals in it. You know, we're talking about heavy metal with pig squeals. And she just turns to us like, wait a minute, there's actually people that listen to that. That's horrible. That's disgust. That's disgusting music. Mm-hmm. I listen to regular shit like Justin Timberlake, and you know, and and but then. I was thinking about her, like thinking we're so weird, and her looking the way she does. I was thinking, you know, what did you a not so a what not so great looking woman who only listens to Justin Timberlake. It's it's the flyer for the show. Oh, okay. Who, who only likes Justin Timberlake? I was just thinking about like the other day, just something kind of bad is like, what's a not so great looking woman that that doesn't have any like special interest that just thinks, you know, is is it? Because you were talking about like dimes that are willing to like eat, you know. Do do, you know. So what's so what's like a one? So what's like a one or a two that only that only like that only like Celine Dion, you know? I mean like Celine Dion. Like, like like that's like the reverse of that, right? Like somebody that's into some a really good looking person that's into something very niche, as opposed to like a very bad looking person who's into like stuff that everybody else likes. I don't think those. I don't think those. I don't think those. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't think those. Those, uh, counter each other? Yeah, counter each other or reflect one another. Or I, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. Um, it's like a, like no, a no, no, I, I, yeah, I, like less than plain Jane. But that that just like stuff that you know that any that anybody will like. Also, like, oh yeah, like Justin Bieber. I like going to church. Uh, I want to be a nurse. Well, I mean, I don't think. I mean, well, see, that's why I want to separate like what we consume yeah, like exactly. and stuff yeah. from your identity exactly, because, the, exactly. because the chick because the woman that I was referencing who you know with the with the flatulence um, that shows that's something that's considered you know really you know it's fairly taboo you know what I'm saying in, in most social settings especially to do it with such enthusiasm and especially for what's you know who's considered an attractive woman but the thing is it shows that you know whether she's just playing devil's advocate or if she's just a goofy chick who just happens to to that's her aesthetic and that's you know uh, how she likes to groom herself you know that's what it is and it's like okay that's great um it's just a it's just like it's it's i brought that up just to kind of be more of like oh wow it's kind of a relief to know that like okay there are these you know just a reminder like yeah there's cool beautiful you know saying there's a lot of cool beautiful sharp you know women out there who are also super attractive and lighten into you know your guys and that you shouldn't be breaking your back 
you know, stressing over how can I change myself yeah. to meet the so-called standards of, you know, women who are quote, out of my league. So, so the opposite of that. Or just somebody who's out of your league. So, because I was thinking about a woman who's like a one or a four who, who has extremely high standards and likes stuff everybody else likes. Yeah, like I mean, that, all, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about like the opposite of, of that one that you brought up. Like, what's the complete opposite of her? What's the counter? See, well, see, once again, I'm, what I'm separating... Oh, yeah, I'm not talking about interest, I'm, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about, se- like... What I'm separating is, you know, like, stuff they may be into, like an artist or a club yeah, 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 or yeah. shit like that. But demeanor and character, like, that's not a... Like, the chick that's going around <laughs> farting and shit, that has nothing to do with... Um, that, that that has nothing that has nothing to do with objects, you know what I'm saying, or stuff. That's that's just her personality. That's uh-huh. that's not something that can that can be purchased. As far as somebody likes stuff, we all like shit that's part of the quote quote underground or that's transgressive and that's mainstream and pop. To me I don't really see that as a Okay, so I'm I'm thinking what I think what I think on earlier like a like a one or a four who who um let's see, let's get who likes what's the example li- I get no what's the example I showed you a couple weeks ago? A few or like a month or so ago. I wish I could put it up. Maybe I'll edit it. Maybe I'll edit it and make a visual or whatever. Uh-huh. But there was a um, on the dating profiles. There's some women who. Oh yeah, you know, I just tried to troll. You just, you just, I just, you know, that you just troll just because they say a lot of uh, bullshit. But anyway, I was showing Matt this woman um, on this. There was a white woman and you know uh, very overweight and um, you know just just not the best, you know, high fashion sense or whatever. And the, the thing is, that's not necessarily a knock against her. And, and, um, and nobody shaming her. You know, and nobody, sh- nobody shaming. But the funny thing, the funny thing is that in her profile, she explicitly said no blacks, no Mexicans, no Mexicans, no blacks. Um, you know, white only, white. You know, this and um, said that you have to be tall. You have to, you know, have this kind of, you know, money. You have to be fit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, dude, you're not. You don't even look like you're even aspiring, you know what I'm saying, to try to work on your body, you know what I'm saying, if that's something you're looking for. That to me, I think that's an example of somebody whom, if you want to use a, a, a if you want to use a, a sliding scale, a rating scale, that's somebody who is literally uh, trying to pre- saying, thinking that they deserve something that is literally out of their league. Yeah. Because if you are not in shape and you are demanding that your partner be something that you are clearly not. Um, to me, unless you really have the charisma and personality to go and get that, and this is a woman talking about her interest in a man, then that's fucking hilarious. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and just to be, and just to be, you know, real about it, because men don't look between men and women. Um, women don't look for the same things in men that men look for in women. Or at least not. There's, yeah, there's always gonna be overlap, you know. what I'm saying in in terms of like values and, and certain interests, but there's always gonna be certain things that that um, men are looking for that women aren't, and vice versa. You know, we'll both have to give up a certain performance. And so I just kind of went in on this chick and just kind of you know made fun of her and and um, you know it was just fucking hilarious. Um, I'm, I'm, but, but to me, but to me, that's an example of it. Like I don't care about you know if you if we like the same you know how much of the similar things we do or don't like. It's all about your attitude and how you you know view people and, and, and that type of shit. You actually got me thinking about we'll, we'll talk about this another time. Um, the female incel. You actually got me thinking about like uh, you know what's really funny about that is I don't know if I told you before is that that, is that incel was actually the, the was created by a woman. The idea was created by a woman, and I believe she was, um, 
because she was talking about how she was having trouble finding a partner. Um, you know, how she was involuntarily celibate, basically, mm. because she was having, you know, trouble finding a partner, and I don't know where it is that she lives, um, but yeah, but she was just, you know, but, but a woman coined the term, and it's something that's been latched onto by men, uh, young men, because it's been taken up as a badge of honor that, okay, since women, since I can't get women, the women that I want, um, since I can't get the attention and, 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 uh, since I can't get the attention from women that I want, not only am I going to be resentful towards them, I'm in, in because I can't get laid. I'm going to hold it up as a badge of honor um, that I'm going to sense a big part of my identity around it, and it's just going to further feed into this anger and resentment and bitterness that you have. And there's no potential for change, you know. Um, you know, because everybody. Because the thing is. No, just just because women, you know, can have an easier time getting sex, you know, the things that they want beyond that, um, it's sometimes it's often more elusive. Just just like with men, you know, saying it's at least from what I can see, it's a lot easier for men to, you know, just kind of keep um, a bunch of various kind of friendships going um, and make friends more easily than women. You know what I'm saying? But sex is oftentimes a little more elusive for us. That's the trade-off. As, you know, that's part of the trade-off. Um, you know, and then, and then part of that trade-off comes from conditioning and how we're supposed to look at each other and how we think we're supposed to behave and expectations and blah, 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 blah. Right? The, the, the invisible institutions that are in place. Yeah. And, 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 and there's another part of it, too, that even without the social conditioning and instincts, I think at a certain point it's just like, just as there are fundamental differences between men and women, um, that means when it comes to something like sex, it's always working on a transactional level. Yeah, both of you may want sex, but both of you are wanting different things. Sometimes you may not necessarily be in the mood to do certain things or, you know, whatever, but you still want to make your partner happy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's part of, once again, going into, like, the nudging. You know, you, we nudge ourselves. We nudge ourselves or we allow ourselves to be nudged at times uh, for the sake of somebody else just to keep a particular, um, you know, maintenance. It's, it's maintenance on different relationships, and there's different ways of fulfilling that maintenance in all your different relationships. You know what I'm saying? But I take her and the kids to the to the the honey the honey uh the honey beehive every year. Yeah, whatever. Every, every once in a while. It keeps us going for a good twenty six years, but I'm not sure how much more I can take it. <laughs> well, once once for every twenty six years that's a pretty good turn to, uh, that's a pretty good trade off. Yeah, we, we go we drive all the way up from Kennesaw, Illinois, all the way up to Saskatchewan in Canada. And we always yeah, take a six-week road trip if it'll keep you off my back for 26 years. Fuck. <laughs> oh, Tommy. Tommy really likes that diner off uh, off of Wyoming. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's diff- so many different systems people have worked out just to you know keep you know. relate keep things going because it's like you know because once again you can only fuck so much even if you're getting all the sex that you want it's just like how much of that how much of your day can you really spend fucking before you get bored or you know just realize okay there's other shit that I need to do what are you going to do after you're all hot and heavy for a few minutes (laughs) you know you gotta you gotta have something to talk about right after you know there's your Stallone no it's absolutely right Um, no it's absolutely right you know alone talking about that you know and it's not to say that every encounter to the younger younger motherfuckers out there it's not to say that every encounter has to feel like oh I'm in love and shit this you know 
Sometimes it's going to be casual. Sometimes it might be something that's a little bit more... Um, like, there's a spectrum to this shit. So it's like... Well, I would now, just I, see this guy when I like jokes about cantaloupes. Exactly. They just like to make jokes about fruits whenever I see him. Also, <laughs> yeah, I also let him finger my butthole every now and then. <laughs> I'm like, and then, and then that's like, and then, you know, I was like, oh yeah, I like seeing her, you know. She, she munches my rug, you know. <laughs> but just, but we also really love crocheting. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, exactly. It's just that you, it's, it's. And this is what I really see a lot of, like, what's clearly happening with a lot of, you know, um, not even just our generation, but just everybody because of, like, social media and how, you know, expectate, how the economy's changing and how living situations are changing, is that as opposed to saying, okay, I have this one person who I go and do everything with, some of that still happens, but a lot more often is just that you see, like, hell, with us, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, we play, we share, you know, interests, you know, we'll hang out, watch movies, have dinner, and, and you know, we have the band going and different networks overlap and shit. But at the same time, it's like I, we still have other, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, things that we'll go do. You know what I'm saying? Other circles, yeah. you know, networks that we keep up. And I think the same thing is starting to happen with... Um, I'm going to the high with, desert with Julio tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. You want, you want to come? I can't. I, I really do have to work all day. I don't, um, I've never been to the high desert. I don't know what to expect. Uh, folks listening, if I'm dead tomorrow, this is probably the last time you're going to hear me. <laughs> I'm going to sell Cheez-Its in the middle of the high desert. I'm not kidding you. I am not. I'm, I'm really going to sell cheeses. Two for a dollar. Oh, boy. I'm not kidding. Oh I'll, I'll just sell one Wait, for a dollar. Wait, those little bags? Yeah, I'm going to sell oh, one. Okay. I'm gonna sell one for a dollar. I'm going to sell one for a dollar, two if they sign up for I the mailing list. I thought motherfucker was going to be handing out individual cheese crackers. Cheese crackers. Individual crackers. <laughs> cheese and crackers. I'm like, what the fuck? One at a time. I'm like, on little tongs, like you get one cheese it for a dollar. I was like, what the fuck? I'll be a billionaire by the time that's over. I was like, what the fuck kind of party is this? Like, if I got paid on the on the pretzel, on the little pretzels like I, you have to buy each individual pretzels for a dollar I'd be a billionaire yeah. Jesus Christ I was like this is probably some fucked up situation where you go to like fuck with like immigrants and shit who are new to the country and don't know how like currency works and stuff so like you sell them two cheesy crackers for a dollar I think I'm going to the high oh, desert bitch. to like fuck with the Mad Max like fuckers like they're, they're on they're out there on their motorhomes with their like machines and shit and the, and the spikes mm. fucking road warriors what were we just talking about before we went on this tangent? No, no, we are talking about, like, just basically the trade-offs in a relationship. Like, what you have to trade one thing for another. Yeah, yeah, there's always, yeah, there's always trade-offs in that. Oh, yeah, what I was trying to get at is that, just the, like, the analogy... Oh, yeah, because like, we're the, talking the ana- about... The analogy of... We're going to go do something different, you and me. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's things that we have that we do together, and there's things that we don't do with other people. And the dynamic is just becoming that, like, okay, some of that's also going to involve more romantic interests. There's some romantic interests that I see maybe only once every few months. And then there are some maybe I see every, you know, say a few weeks. And then there's some who I want to hang out with every other day. And it's not even necessarily mean that we're always fucking, but there's somebody who I like to just be around at that frequency. There or are, I have the opportunity to see at that frequency. And there, there you know, are, I'm not necessarily saying that's even what I'm doing, um, but that's just more of, like, I guess, the trend that I'm seeing. I want, I want to talk about people settling for less, and also settling yeah. for less because of the location they're in. Because over, over out in, like, say, the Midwest, it's very, you know, or, or just other parts of the country where your, your options are limited. People that live in small towns, generally. Yeah, yeah. You really see people, you know, just like, like, 
I'm, um, I think I talked about this with you one of the first conversations I had. If we see like an evolution in transportation, there's going to be a lot of divorces. <laughs> like if there was if there was some magical vehicle that was really low cost that allows people to travel wherever they want in the world for little little to no money, well, you'd see I mean, so much divorce. Yeah, well. I mean, well, one thing well, is that we, just well, divorce. Well, well, one just breakups, maybe. Well, well, one thing is, is that we already see. I mean, I don't know what the most recent number is, but you know, the 50% divorce rate. Uh huh. And that's you know, given stuff that we've had around for decades. You know, we don't even have good functioning. We're not. Not that we don't have good functioning, but we don't even have um, the most efficient or effective rail system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not 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 that I'm dismissive of your point. I thought this was caffeinated tea. Apparently, orange is not. Um, which is fine. I think it's already, black tea. it's already 11:30 anyway. Yeah. Well, I thought it was black tea. No, it's just herbal. No, you got orange herbal. Yeah. Oh, you got the. Uh, I got the same it? thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's fine because it's 11:30 anyway. But um, what's the point I was trying to get at? Yeah, just because oh, yeah, yeah, transportation. Yeah. Well, that's well, yeah. Well, there's transportation. Well, there's transportation, but there's also like there's, there's transportation. But there's also well, there's financial too. That's that's another thing that limits you you in a small town. Yeah, there's financial, and then there's also just what like you become like not everybody has it in them. Say I'm going to move out of the Midwest and go to the city, and not everybody should. Exactly. You know, um, and, and 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 actually the big the, actually the greater point is is that I don't believe. And I don't think Matt believes either in love at first sight or that you are destined for one person. It's like, yeah, I have, yeah, we all at a certain point develop our preferences and our interests and, and shit like that. Well, I, and then, well, hold on. So we develop those things, right? And then we kind of go through, you know, the this, this cycle of meeting people. And the thing is, maybe you luck up and find somebody that you are physically attracted to, that you have an overlap of shared interests and values, and that you're able to rely on one another to do things to keep the union going. And maybe that's your first or second, you know, attempt. It does happen. Um, but, but, you know, for a lot of other people, it's kind of like you get to a certain point and realize, okay, maybe they're not so great in this department, but you're great in this other one. And I don't know if I want to give myself another two, three, five years, you know, because dating is fucking annoying. You know what I'm saying? It's just like going on on. It's just like going. It's it's no different really than the application process for jobs, except except that a job you you cannot take it as personal, or you can just see it as like okay, they don't have a certain. It's your skill set or your experiences. With dating, you know, there's a whole bunch of other uh, bullshit that comes into the mix that has nothing to do with your quote-unquote merit because guess what just like there's no meritocracy there's no real democracy there's also not really um uh ah shit i don't think the next word is the next word i want to use doesn't have a it won't rhyme but um equality <laughs> uh, well <laughs> well i'm open to this idea is basically what i was going to get up because because well, you're talking about like like in dating the the whole because because the, there's a possibility of the expansion of polyamory in the future because 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 one of the things that's going to happen because the whole just just you know the nuclear family and the nuclear family and then just one or the other you know love at first sight it could be like love at three sight for all for for some some weirdo out there. Well, not weirdos. No offense to you guys. Well, here's the thing is that, like, there's already... Love it, like, like nine sight. Like, I want to marry all six of you over here. Here's the thing about it is that 
Everybody says, everybody, everybody says that they won't get attached. They won't catch feelings. But it is inevitable for almost everyone to develop a bond. Like it's something that just happens to us um, at every level. You know, so you get familiar with people and you have and you get certain expectations and stuff because you start to realize, like, okay, it's not just me that's keeping this standard of living. You know what I'm saying together. So I need to, excuse me, I need to be able to rely on this other person. And so when you start seeing you getting hints, and once again, this goes back to like the whole performance in like relationships and stuff, or just performance in general, is that we can only, we can never really know what's inside somebody else's mind and heart. We can only go through their actions and their gestures and how they get. And so when you see somebody giving compliments to another you know, person, you're in a polyamorous relationship, it's rare that from what I've heard, that people don't, that somebody doesn't eventually get in their feelings about it, because many people will take that as a signal that for whatever reason they're starting to favor that person, that lover uh, more than the other one when you know I wasn't saying it was it was an equal thing I was just saying that you could have there's gonna be people there's gonna, well there's already that thing yeah, but what I'm saying yeah. is that I don't I'm not as concerned about that I don't see that becoming much more widespread than it already is mm. just because I think any, 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 anytime I hear anytime, anytime I hear no, I'm not saying that what I'm just saying is that I don't think it's ever going to become much more prominent than what it is mm. yeah we'll probably read more stories about it and we'll see shit about it but a lot of those things really they don't a lot of those situations don't last very long and um, they don't always end on you know good terms because yeah not everybody not everybody who says that you know oh they cannot get attached or they're okay with it they're not really okay with it because some people feel like they can they the nudging sometimes they feel like they can nudge somebody else into choosing them or being the favorite or you know um or maybe they feel like they'll be nudged into liking the situation more than they do but then you get like three months six months a year or two into the situation and a lot of and a lot of people are probably will go like not really going the way that I was hoping it would. You think, because um, rather than love at first sight, and I won't even say lust at first sight, I'll actually say... How are you guys doing? You guys like some more hot water over here? Uh, we're good for now. Yeah, I'm good. You guys okay? Yeah. You let me know, okay? Uh, we'll Thank you. No, but um, rather than like love or lust at first sight, I'll say like down to the... Because I don't, I don't think that, you know, like personality-wise, you know, humanity is meant to breed, but I'm talking about like us, uh, like the primal, the primal physical form of humans that it's like breed at first sight or something like that, just for, oh, yeah. for, well, for, for some people it's like, oh yeah, like, like just that kind of in the back of the head, it's like, yeah, breed at first sight, make babies at first sight, just for, that's why I think just for certain like people that are just more, um, that only think, that don't think on the emotional level, that they're, that they're just, that they just kind of look to see as like, yeah, like those who are only thinking. I don't, I, I don't uh, I'm, I'm wary of that because I don't think that anybody, I don't think that there are very many people who just operate at such a basic level, like, like obviously they do exist, there are people who are just like, I just, you know, want somebody that's attractive, but the thing is, if you're somebody who is successful in getting people who are very attractive and if they know that they're attractive um, then you have to be a little more savvy than just a horn dog mm. you know what I'm saying so you have to be a little more sophisticated than saying oh I see that I want to fuck it I'm going to go fuck it oh, it's not, it's, and um, it's even it's even I'm even putting it past that I'm talking about just like, but the thing like, is like even if even if it's um, like say I can only see them as like a good father or mother just like I only see this person through for freaking they're, they're only good for you know just this 
just like test two babies and stuff like that, or, or you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Because I'm, I'm talking about like, I'm no, no diss to Utah, but. <laughs> just, I mean, that's more about power and control and, and, yeah. and wealth. Or just, and just shit, the, like. or the, the, those 20 kid families out there that's just like, my God, you know. No, that's, that's all you I mean, guys are doing. No, I don't think that's a good example of what you're talking about. An example of what you're talking about is more of what we see in celebrity culture mm. and entertainment that you um, that even if that even if you're somebody who will date someone of any background they're always going to be whoever's considered in the top one percent of that particular background yeah. you know what I'm saying or you have the whole um, the cottage industry of you know so-called video victims or video chicks or you know models and shit who hang who literally hang out um, who, who literally who literally hang out um, in the hopes of, of in clubs and, and different places where athletes and entertainers roam because they're hoping to quote get shows. They're hoping that because simply based on their beauty, um, the level of attractiveness, that they can get a man and if not getting um, and, and getting, you know, if not some if not living in the lap of luxury off of him, then getting a family, you know what I'm saying, and, and raising kids that look like this, like, like I don't need to get that deep into it, y'all already know where it's going, but, um, people, nobody has quote, quote, pure interests, mm. you know what I'm saying, nobody is gonna just like you just based off of like, because you're a good person and shit, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, like, who's, like, Keanu Reeves, like, everybody quote-unquote loves Keanu Reeves right now, right? And I'm not going to diss him or nothing. I don't know anything bad about him. But it's just like... Well, there's a lot of dissing about him because of, like, his lack of acting ability. But, uh, besides, <laughs> I'm people used to sit out about him all the time. Yeah, I mean, his, no, his acting still is whatever. But now he's found, like, he's found a space where that really works to his advantage. Uh -huh. But, um, but it's like, the funny thing is, is that, like, as much as people, like, admire it, they're like, oh, somebody with power and privilege and all this wealth and shit who's a decent person. But most of them don't you don't see them, you know, trying to enact that behavior in their own lives or going about, you know, that, and then making justifications for more negative behaviors. Um, you know, saying so we just, it's, it's a, so it's a mixture of factors. It's not just altruism. It's not just altruism mm -hmm. or just, or just, um, let me concise, let me put this in a more concise manner. Everyone assumes that what they think is right or wrong is what's right or wrong. Or everybody walks around with the bias perspective. that the perspective that their what they consider to be normal or average or run of the mill is the standard by which everything else is measured. And that's just the bias that each of us carry within us and that we have to, you know, hopefully be able to challenge. But you know, for some, you know, for, so so say that you're somebody, and to go back to the video, you know, this an example, and not to just feel like I'm shitting on them, because I understand that if you recognize that you live in a patriarchal society, and that you've been comments have been made about your body and about your ability to to to, to um, uh, attract uh, the attention, if not the wealth of high status, high power people. Why are you not? Why would you not play? Why would you not play into what you see as an obvious advantage? You know what I'm saying? Why would you not play into that? Now that's not to say that you're not a person who can be loved or doesn't have love in their heart, and and when given the opportunity, won't express those behaviors with a potential partner. But the thing is, those will always be add-ons. You know what I'm saying? Um, those will always be supplemental to to um, these, this other facet, where. 
you know, for a certain amount of time. You need to make sure that you have you maintain a certain look, or that you need for the for the other side, you need to make sure that you maintain a certain level of income. Um, you need to make sure that you maintain certain circles and that you maintain a certain reputation and they, you know, I've all, seen that, all that shit. More than video vixens, I see. Oh my God! I don't know if I'm taking a step too far with the sugar babies, with the with sugar babies with with rich old men. That kind of. I mean, that's supposed to be strictly. That's supposed to be more strictly just like pay for play. That's supposed to be more strictly mm. like okay, you know, we're have I give you whatever you know, sh- whatever connotation of sugar you think you know you you want to you want to say or the name of that guy and in return you know what i'm saying you get you know whatever vacations you know financial basically a bunch of shit related to money and access to you know certain privileges that that that, that grant um, well that, that was a little bit more barefaced in the, in the in the other example it's like yeah it can be that or you know you have some you know you know you have some people who you know uh, uh, yeah, it may just be about power, you know, and then other people who are just like, look, I happen to this, yeah, this is the way I look, and this is the industry in which I work in, and I'm playing this game, but, you know, I want to be, you know, loyal and just find that one person and just, you know, do the do the vanilla thing, do the traditional white picket fence thing, even though I look like somebody who should just be out at the club every weekend. Because this kind of sounds like Anne Nicole Smith, kind of like her whole her whole story, because like one no of the... Shit. Yeah, Anne Nicole Smith, it's yeah, very, no shit. it's very specific... Because because it was, it was Break it down for people who don't know. Yeah, when Anne Nicole Smith married like a who like, was Anne Nicole Smith? Anne Nicole Smith, actress, uh, model, you know, known for her body, posed in Playboy magazine, you know, very close with Hugh Hefner. Um, she married a like a 80, 90 year old guy, mm-hmm. and I and it, and it wasn't just dating. This wasn't Not like ten dollars between it. Yeah, because you were talking about you were talking about pay for play. This was like a whole you know she she tied the knot with him. Yeah, and then he died, and then that fortune went to her. Yeah. So that was that's yeah, a very. Yeah, she died. Did she die from a plastic surgery or something? Like, no, it was it was it was kind of sad, but it was it was something because her son passed away yeah. from I think something with an overdose, and she was taking sleeping pills because she thought she could see her son in her dreams. Oh. So it was a, that was a whole thing. Damn. But it's about like the the because I kind of I didn't follow it deeply, but I always like saw I, I watched the E behind the 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 celebrity story about like the first she was still alive when that one came out, mm-hmm. so I knew. About like the early first half of her life, it was like later on she like made some guy the same age as like well, closer to her age, and then you know, and then it progressed from there, and then she did this like weight loss thing, and then and then the thing with her son, and then all that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but Anne Nicole Smith, that's a I don't know if, if Pam Anderson's a direct example because she's I don't know if her no, no being known for like marrying like older men or anything like that, but like Anne Nicole no, Smith I mean, she is heard, one. Her thing too. Just be more like rock stars. You know? It definitely was video dicks, and she's actually that actually is like the she actually is like a, the the well most well known video vixen. Pam Anderson. I mean, yeah. from that general. I mean, from, from yeah. that generation. Yeah. Tommy Catan from Here I Go Again video, and then you know you have the hip hop girls later on, but I can't name them by name. You yeah. know them better than me. Yeah. There's yeah. All, yeah. There's all kinds. Yeah. 
No, I mean, that's, um, you know, we're, we're all, <clears throat> because once again, even, even there's no such thing as 50-50, and this is something that I've had to come to grips with, especially when it comes to dating, because, you know, at a, at a, at a certain time, you think, you kind of want to walk around with this illusion, not an illusion, but you kind of walk around with this egalitarian love. You know, egalitarian love, like, oh, I'm going to come through, and you're going to get 50%, I'm going to get 50%, and, you know, everything's going to be all split and even, and it's just like, no, that's just not what it is. Um, I have not to offer, in terms of money. It's just and, and, and not always in terms of money, but just about, you know, what traits and what uh, resources and what, you know, energy you're, bring, you know, you're bringing to the situation. And, you know, like to bring it back to the example, so today I was supposed to meet up with this woman who was supposed to be our second date, um, but she bailed at the last minute. Yeah, I got Yeah, so I was talking. So today I was supposed to meet with this woman. Um, I was supposed to meet with. The, I, was, I was supposed to meet this woman um, for our second date. First day we went to a cafe, hung out for a couple hours or hour and a half or so, and conversation seemed pretty cool and, and left and you know kept in touch and then um, you know made plans to see each other again about a week later or whatever. Um, but she bailed out at the last minute um, and she gave a work-related you know saying excuse and you know um, given her work it could have been something serious um, you know it just that it happened you know like less than 15 minutes before we were supposed to meet up. Uh, you know, so there's that, you know, shit. And the thing is, is that, um, I mean, there wasn't a particularly strong spark. Um, but once again, like, I'm of, I'm, I'm, I'm of the mindset that, you know, you can uncover certain things about a person or you have to see them in different lights and maybe you, you know, maybe you'll find something that you really find, um, you know, appealing about them. Um, you know, the first date is kind of just like a, you know, uh, uh, interview. an interview, basically. And so the next one is supposed to be the one that really opens up, but it is, you know, it sucks. But um, it's, it's kind of nice getting to this point where I don't take it as personal and I don't get as upset just because I'm like, you know, I get it. Anything, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe you didn't, feel, maybe maybe you didn't feel particularly strong, and maybe that was enough, or maybe you know you found something else more interesting, and you didn't know how to communicate it, or you know maybe an emergency really did come out at work, come up at work, or maybe you just didn't feel like going out, um, and didn't want to say that, and um, and that's and that's and that's and that's okay. Um, and the thing is, I just look at it, take it as a learning lesson, like okay, that from now on, on these more initial encounters. There's certain things that I need to uncover as opposed to just going through the basic bullshit. Um, like just kind of tell me about your past and blah, blah, blah. Kind of getting more to the meat and bones of like, okay, what are, not just like, oh, what are your expect, what are your goals or what are your expectations or what do you want in life, but just more so like, compared to being ghosted. How do you, as opposed to being ghosted, like, but just more so like, how do you view things and more so seeing how do you, figuring out how you respond in certain situations. You know what I'm saying? And because I want also say is like just because not everything's fifty fifty doesn't mean you have to stay in it. You know, if it's not worthwhile for you, you definitely have the option to get out. Nobody's making you. You know. Oh, of course. I mean, once again, well, that's is, well, that's it's still running. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just yeah started it again. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, no, no, that's the gist of it. It's 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 not dismissing. I wasn't saying like the nudge thing to be like, oh, you should just pull up with, you should just put up with anything, or saying that since nothing is fifty-fifty, that means you should put up with everything. There's a threshold, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And if you decide that that threshold is three months or six months or a year or two, it's like just understand where you're lying. Or two minutes. <laughs> you know what? Once, but you know that's that's once again, everybody has their own threshold, but that's where these caveats come in, where you keep in mind, it's like okay. Um, 
it's like, yeah, I have a threshold, but at the same time, what are the limits of my threshold, and why do I have these limits? Why do I have these preferences? You know what I'm saying? Why is it that, that at six months I'm ready to call it quits because of certain, um, for, for whatever reasons, as opposed to putting up with something for a year? You know what I'm saying? And so, um, so that's where, like, the nudge theory comes in, and that's where also where the understanding that nothing is 50-50, because those are supposed to, like, be reminders of being like, okay, I should try to try to test, I should, I should, um, uh, about expanding your horizons and pushing your threshold. And then you realizing at a certain point saying, hey, you know what, I've given this a certain amount of time. I even push myself a little bit, my tolerance, but I just decided I'm still not happy and I want to move on to something else. And, um, you know, cause it, you know, it's a fine line because, you know, something could work out for you after six months or a year, but you give up after six weeks, you know what I'm saying? Just because you couldn't tough through, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, some moments of discomfort or, or somebody being able to internalize, um, you know, new behaviors and shit like that. You know, um, I think people get a little too, ca a little too caught up on, oh, you have to be of how much overlap and how much similarity there has to be with a potential partner. Um, you know, or anybody that you that you you really engage with in an intimate way, whether it's business or family or or just a good friend or whatever the fuck y'all are doing, um, you know, because 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 you spend enough time around somebody, you can get acclimated and learn to appreciate you know all kinds of things and motherfuckers, you know, serial killers and and mass murderers and rapists and all, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of people and shit. They still have families and grandkids and motherfuckers that love them genuinely, you know, whether they knew about that darker side or not. Um, so, so, oh, and that ties into one more thing, and then I'll give it back to you, is, is that people get so caught up in, think, once again, people get caught up in thinking that what they consider to be right and wrong to be what is right and wrong, and, you know, and then people will be, people will be surprised by the fact that, like, oh, how did so-and-so, you know, so-and-so was abusive, or so-and-so was, you know, this so they couldn't you know they could never keep enough money in their accounts so they, they have never a different blah, blah, blah. you know they have they have this area of their life in which they're clearly which they don't seem to be very um uh, efficient in but in this other faculty you know saying they they excel they know how to be charismatic or comfortable or know what to say in different situations in order to get you know what they, certain things out of people and that just and this once again because one set of traits does not always transfer over to a certain set of, to another set of traits one level of expertise doesn't translate to expertise in all things. And, you know, and the thing is, romance, when people talk about, like, romance and love and becoming intimate with somebody, that is a skill. Not just the skill of, of the high parts of being able to deal with stuff when everything's exciting, but being able to deal with shit when it's fucking uh, torturous and mundane and, and, you know, stressful. I think... So we're talking about, like, no 50-50. Mm -hmm. I'll bring up this... this, this um, and I'll just say it's another individual, just like <laughs> constantly telling him. Well, do you actually have any other examples? No. So in in particular, so he was living. You know, he it's it's. I, I don't know if this is like serial monogamy or just like a dependent situation, but it was really like from living with one girlfriend to the next. Mm. And I think the first, yeah, he was living with one girlfriend. And that's like dependency. If it was just monogamy, then it'd be just like, okay, you're dating this person, but you're not always necessarily living with them. Yeah, you're always living with somebody, and you know, some deeper issues. Yeah, there's that too. 
big time and it was always and maybe he would spend maybe a month month two months month and a half single mm -hmm. and it was basically it was like finding a new girlfriend was more like finding a new home for this this oh boy from, <laughs> from the look from everything i've seen you know so i mean who knows who he's living with now so and i i'm probably like the fourth house more or less, and then and then I had another individual who was you know living with living with somebody at least I like, like maybe like seven years younger than him, and he was living with the parents' family, and you know mm, and it was yeah. it was like at least I won't say the city, but it was at least like forty mile like forty miles north of L.A. Or at least forty miles north of of like the San Fernando Valley. And was there stomping grounds like? far away as well like where they where they where they where they, where 90, they were most active 90 miles east of, uh, of where we, i mean not my like 60 miles east of where we are jesus christ yeah or at least so where we have I to live. get transported over here just to no, do he just, shit he just moved in with her family no no what i what i what i was asking was oh just where, for him to do stuff yeah where was he most active at his life Oh, okay, I guess around here, but you know, once again, it's like living with different people. And I know, I know, there's a lot of people probably listening to this right now. So I live with my boyfriend, or I live with my girlfriend, or you know, mm -hmm. you guys have something worked out like somewhere down the line. You guys Maybe. like actively decide to move in together, and you know, or <laughs> who knows? Or y'all, it was three dates. I don't get that, man. And yeah, it's, there it's, you, go. you know, I don't necessarily believe in like auras or you know, quote unquote energies. Like mm. you know, we all definitely give off a certain you know, vibe, but that's really contextual what it means. Um, but, but, you know, I just feel like, you know, you have a certain demeanor and we give off certain signals and that attracts or, or deflects, you know, certain people. And so it just, it's always puzzling to me because I'm like, where are you meeting these motherfuckers who just move in on the first or second <laughs> date? You know what I'm saying? Or like, you they're so quick to move in because I don't, I don't, I don't encounter, because <laughs> I don't, you know, because I just don't encounter, you know, people like that. And, um, you know, but obviously they're around. They're everywhere. You know, so. I think I think you do encounter them. You just only talk to them for like ten minutes. Yeah, I don't get. I don't get. Yeah. Yeah. They realize like, oh, he's not that gullible, so <laughs> he's not that thirsty. You know, cause I'm gullible in my own way. Yeah, it's it's like like because like, like I said, that friend of mine was like two months. That's a black cat. Mm. So <laughs> that friend of mine, it was like two months. He was. Um, yeah, two months he was sing single, and it's just like it was almost like he was really like desperate to find that next house slash girlfriend, which is like one in the same. Oh lordy! So that's that's. Lordy gordy. So I think I think that's who where they find them. Maybe they find them in you know, like couch surfing somewhere. That's that's where they find them. I mean, one of my good friends, he doesn't do this anymore, but he was one of those. Um, well, when I met him, he had had you know he would have girlfriends or whatever, but like. Um, and he would, you know, they would get shacked up or whatever, and they usually had their own places, but he would tell me about how, yeah, you know, I mean, he would describe it as pimping, how, you know, he would, you know, be, he he would go over, he was talking about he was living in New York, how he would go over to one chick's house, you know, saying the smash or whatever, and then, you know, how he would get a ride from there to go to another chick's house, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, handle his business there, and just, you know, just kind of how he made a game of, like, balancing, juggling all these different, you know, relationships and what he was getting, um, you know, from, from, from each of them. And, um, yeah, so it's, 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 uh, it's funny. It's, it's, you know, 
we have so little time to explore all these different parts of ourselves and in the midst of trying to figure out who and what we are and part of how we figure out who we are is by kind of just being like a pinball you know what I'm saying um, um, interacting with all these different people in all these different situations and spaces and shit and figuring out what you do and you don't like and then realizing okay such and such has been traumatizing or such and such has really been repulsive or really doesn't you know really makes me want to not be around certain you know activities or certain such and such is really shit. fun and I want more of this you know, yeah or this is really yeah exactly this so, really stimulating this is really yeah. relaxing yeah exactly more of this. And so you just want to and so you just want to keep you know you just want to keep um you, you just want to keep you know saying hitting that button you know what I'm saying? I want more. I want to show more of this side of me in this environment. Yeah. I want to show so, less of this side of me in that environment. So, the one thing I will say is that I'm grateful that we moved around regularly. Like, every four or five years, we moved around. And, you know, there would be sometimes where there were people who stayed in our life and other people who didn't. And it was just interesting because you have to become acclimated. You have to you you have to open yourself and make or you don't have to but it made me have to open myself up to the possibility that okay anybody could possibly be my next friend or my next adversary you know anybody could be my next you know love interest or be you know the next like obstacle in my life or the next you know you know whatever the fuck so it's like so i can i kind of have the, i i i get i have the privilege of having this approach where I can literally walk up to any, not walk up to any person, but that I can engage with any person with a fairly open mind of like, okay, I'm not really tripping over their ethnicity or their cultural background or, you know, their religion, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm mm -hmm. just go off of their particular, you know, values. But even I, you know what I'm saying, most of our interactions are going to be very short and sweet. I'm not going to have time to give a fucking critical analysis of this person's, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, fucking moral code they and, don't have like in their ideas and philosophy and shit not everybody's got like <clears throat> like 20 books written about their life like lying around everywhere. nobody does <laughs> <laughs> nobody does but, but but really the point i'm getting at is that you know we what we do is that we uncover what we're doing when we go to job interviews or what we do when we go on dates or what we do when we meet new people and shit what we're doing is that we so yeah we're performing we're giving signals but then we're also um uncovering information about the other person you know it's kind of like you ask 20 questions to answer one you ask all these different questions about this person oh what do you think about this what do you think about that how do you you know how do you, how would you react in this situation how do you know what do you think was the best course of action in this situation you know what I'm saying to get to one answer of okay do I fuck with them or not mm. or or what is this facet of their personality like mm. basically we're doing personality tests um, on one another at all times not at all times but in in certain situations well, one one thing that's shown when when it comes to like rapport is that people love talking about themselves, mm -hmm. and and you have to have them like because because there's a there's something in you that ma makes it feel like, like wow this is so much fun like you had to tell you all my favorite this mm -hmm. all my this and that you know and it just goes on and on, mm -hmm. but here let me let me say this because you mentioned earlier that um you like anyone could be my next friend or next adversary, mm -hmm. but um. Have you seen, okay, because I've seen, fr well, from my personal experience, I've seen f certain friends go from friends to enemies, you know, a mm -hmm. few times over the years, oh, yeah. I guess in my adult life. 
I think only maybe in my my like K through high school life I've seen enemies turn to friends. But I haven't seen it. I don't know how many times I've seen it happen throughout my adult life. Or me maybe I haven't paid attention to it. Like seen an seen an adversary turn into a friend. Has has that ever happened to you? You don't yeah to, to name names, but you can talk about like something a time that's happened. Maybe an like adversary turned to, to a friend. friend. I wouldn't say. So there's degrees to this, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, level so, of so there's, so there's levels to this. So there may have been people who, who I came in and... It's me, perhaps, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, not, not Fucking even, hate your ass, Matt. Not even close. Don't not even close. No, because the reason why I love you now is the same reason why I, I never hated you. I just found you kind of, kind of off. But the thing is... But the thing is I'm just kidding. But, but yeah. the thing, you know, the thing about that, though, is... Part of that was I wasn't really accepting of the ways in which I was weird and awkward, mm. you know, because I was very much, I was, I was, um, trying to conform, you know what I'm saying, to certain things. It's like, it's like I was trying to not, um, yeah, I was, I was in my own way, I was trying to conform to certain standards and there was plenty of things that I hadn't been exposed to yet. And so those things brought on my palate, it brought on my experience, so then come back around when I see this motherfucker and I'm like, oh shit, he was always, you were, you were fucking ahead of the curve, in, you know, in terms of just like, I have my own mind, I have my own interest, I like some shit that's really, you know, not the norm for this, this, this very niche, and, uh, and you pay the cost for that shit, you know, you always have, well, but, um, but, uh, but, get, but to get back to the, but get back to the adversary thing, I wouldn't say that somebody started off like, I would say that there are definitely people who started off and we, you know, we didn't really care for each other too much or, you know, maybe recognize that we we're on conflicting paths. But at the end of the day, like at a certain point, you kind of realize, okay, it's not so much that it's not so much because in that initial space, you just think, oh, they're just a piece of shit that mm. you, 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 you make it, you make it that there is something wrong in them. And then over time, you start to realize, no, they have a program. They have their own set of doing things that works for them. And it took time for me to recognize that what they do works for them. And the same thing that goes them for me, you know what I'm saying? And recognizing like, okay, this motherfucker has heart that they have, you know, they, they've thought about, you know, saying they have an explanation, you know, saying why they have. So I, so I can't, yeah, I don't know. If, I've never, I haven't had anything like, oh, somebody tried to murder me or I tried to poison somebody mm. or, you know, <laughs> got into a fight over some broad or something like that. Never had anything like that. I think to the levels like, you know, like... Like fuck you, Brandon. <laughs> you four eyes. There's, there's, you know what's, there's four eyes. So basic. Yeah. Um, no, there's definitely people who, you know, maybe things started off a little friendly and then they deteriorated, or you know, you know, we started off kind of bucking heads, but like afterwards, it's not like we would hang out and have a beer with one another. Yeah. But it's kind of like you wink and you nod because you respect the fact that somebody else kind of found their own path and their own way to find stability in this fucked up world because there's no script to this shit mm. you know you we all got to write our own fucking script and so it's kind of more of just recognizing the fact that oh okay even though this isn't how i would run my show they run their show and i can respect them for that you know what i'm saying um and they're not doing something that i think violates any real moral codes i was just having a real negative response to somebody who was just fundamentally different than me mm. um yeah, that's that. I, yeah, I haven't had anything that I see as serious. Um, there's very few people whom you I, could think, I of think that I think adversary to friend, adversary to friend. Yeah, just because, and especially as an adult, because the stakes are so much higher. Yeah. So even when you do, 
like I'll hear you'll hear we've all heard about people who are like you know they've they've forgiven somebody who tried to murder them or kill their family member or you know um you know or did some other type of fucked up shit the pope who forgave the guy who tried to assassinate him yeah you know all types of people and and it's like look there's you know it's great that there's it's great that there's that aspect of humanity but i am also somebody who is not opposed to retributive um or to retribution um just because like i said it doesn't always make sense why fucked up shit happens but and there's nothing that will change that but sometimes i feel but i i guess you know whatever, call it primitive, call it archaic, or, or a knuckle dragger, or whatever you want, but sometimes I for an eye, some debts are only paid with blood. Well, there's, there's such thing as too dangerous to keep around, and that's actually one of the reasons why, uh, as a little boy, I actually saw some of the redundancy in the whole, like, I understand the moral reason behind, like, people like Superman and Batman, it's like, mm-hmm. Batman and Superman don't kill people. Yeah. And when I was a little boy, I was thinking, you know, like, like I was told about, like, my grandfather who fought in World War II, you know, it was like, you know, he, he ended those lives, man, so mm-hmm. it was like, and I was thinking about Batman and Superman, and it was like, these guys are just letting the Joker run wild, you know, they're yeah. just, they're just letting him go repeatedly, and he's killing more people, yeah. and, yeah. and it's not, doesn't seem logical, it seems very, um, uh, redundant. Yeah, you no, know? exactly. So, mm-hmm. so that's why superheroes didn't really appeal to me, and I wanted to be a soldier when I was a little boy. Yeah. As I grow up, I see the institution that, that... And you see the redundant and talk about redundancy. redundancy. That's even <laughs> being a soul. That there's another level of redundance there. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that shit is. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. It's. Um. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Yeah. We we get conditioned into you know looking at things a certain way, and then we have like you know superheroes and stuff, and then. But then as you know, as you get older and you start learning more and shit, then it's like okay, the stories and stuff that captivates you needs to change needs to become more complex and nuanced that's why now the turn has been well i don't know what the most recent turn i don't know if it's changed but it's kind of like you know the gritty superhero that's anti-hero like, you know, the anti more the an, you know these heroes that are considered moral pillars or moral pi, uh not pylons but moral um but having strong moral fortitude showing breaks or showing breaks in the logic um, or the consistency of their of their morality. I'm guessing you, you haven't seen Watchmen, right? Yeah, I saw Watchmen. Okay, so I just haven't seen. I haven't kept up with. That's one of the few that I that I really saw. Yeah, the, and it's because it really tackles this issue head on. Because like there was a, like I said the same kill one. millions to save billions, and then Rorschach wasn't making that compromise. Yeah, he like, said. Yeah, exactly. Um, for those that don't know, the Watchmen was a graphic novel. Um, I forgot the author's name, but it's a wonderful graphic novel, and I mm. recommend reading it. And then there was a movie based off of it. And basically the premise is that um, in order for humanity to stop warring with one another, there's a character who um, who plots a... Who, who basically plots a... frames one of the other characters for a massive attack and makes it in to divert... So that way humans divert all of their resources, all of their time into fighting this non-existent enemy and not destroying one another. And one of the ways that he helps initiate this is he does an attack where he kills millions of people in major cities. Um, I don't know if it's just the U.S. or around the world, but he kills millions of people. And his excuse, or not excuse, but his reasoning is that I'm killing millions to save billions. And one of the characters, Rorschach, uh, Rorschach 
is completely opposed to it and um yeah i won't spoil i won't tell too much of it but that's the plot but basically it's dealing with this moral quandary it's the, and it's an old moral quandary it's the um it's the um i forget the term for it but it's like oh what do you save more one person on a train track or you know multiple people on a train track you know it's like if you have to choose which one is you know which one do you sacrifice I think there was a word, I think it was it gambit or, or a gamble? It's the train something, fa not fallacy, but train something analogy. But but y'all but y'all basically get it. Is it like, is it worth it saving one to kill? Yeah, a gambit, noun, a device, action, or opening remark, typically one entailing a degree of risk that is calculated to gain an advantage. That's a gambit, not the... Not the guy from uh, X Men, but that's right, the right. direct meaning of that word. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a risky action to gain an advantage. Well, I kind of I don't think well I don't see that as being exactly equal because like I think the premise of taking the risk is that like okay you cannot take the risk, but in this analogy it's like okay, what's it going to be millions or billions one or ten like there is mm -hmm. no other option like you can't walk away from this. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think of gambit like like. You take a risk because you're hoping for a higher reward, but at the same time, you don't have you can avoid that risk in the first place. Mm. Um, although that's good to know. So, but but whatever the name of it is, um, it's that whole analogy, and so that's but that's the whole moral quandary of it is 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 that there's nothing to do to prevent this attack. It's oh sh shit, I already gave it away. Um, yeah, maybe I'll just cut that part out. But uh, but no, but that's like the moral quandary of the book. And the thing is, none of the characters are quote unquote perfect or have all the answers. And they are constantly at conflict amongst themselves about what the best choice is to do. Going, you know, saying to leading up to and following um, that path. Very much like real people. You know, very much like real people. And so, and that's and it's a lot different than what you get in a lot of superheroes because it's just like okay, yeah, the threat can represent all kinds of different things. But it's usually just like, okay, the good guys are supposed to represent the good shit. And Superman and, just wipes just, it away. just wipes it away. Now, what's interesting, and I, even though I'm not going to watch the movies, the gist that I get from it is the, like, the Marvel Universe one, mm. is that, is that two, what they do is that they take two of the oldest like philosophies ever, and I'm forgetting both of them at the time, but that one is supposed to be epitomized by um, Captain America and the other one by Iron Man in the film series and that basically one of them is about um captain america is on the side of quote unquote always doing what is known to be morally right and iron man more on the side of doing what's most quote efficient or what's most effective so the the situation one of the situations i guess is about surveillance about surveillance and, and spying on people and you know iron man is like well you know if it gives us more efficiency if it allows us to more effectively protect against pretend you know against potential threats then that's something we begrudgingly have to do and then captain america of course is like no because at its core it's wrong but it's like you're then then you're allowing the you're you're opening the window for more potential um you know uh tragedies and it's like that's the trade-off and so i think that's really and I think, and if that's the way that it, it follows in the story, then I can respect that. I still have no interest in watching the movies, <laughs> mm. but um, is that because this is an age-old dilemma, and it's one that really can't be solved, because once again, you're always making, you're always trading one thing for another, 
and we're always, you know, you can't have everything that you want at the same time. I think what, this is going to be my hipster moment. We've actually had that Watchmen graphic novel in our high school's library. Did we? And, be and before anyone knew about it, like, I, I knew about it from a documentary on the History Channel where they talked about Watchmen. And, I, and, the, and the crazy thing about that graphic novel is that there's explicit sex scenes in there. Oh, yeah. So I'm in the, our high school's library just like... Have it wide open, just like here we go, and nobody knew about it too. It was like, yeah. hey, you guys ever heard about this thing called the Watchmen? And I was like, nope. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> for me, <laughs> and that's pretty much what it was, though. But yeah, it's the, and the guy um, about to release that nuclear wep. I mean, the destruct that threat mm -hmm. that kills millions. That's Osmandius. Osmandius, yeah. Osmandius, yeah. Yeah. There you go, and and. Rorschach like is basically that that anti-hero character yeah. that you know. And if you know, and if you know anything about the Rorschach test, which is that you know ink blotted on white paper, black ink on on white paper, is you know his morality is very black and white. It's very strict. You know either something is done to his morals, and it's not every. And the thing is, he's not even like a lawful uh, good. It's about what he thinks is what he as an individual thinks is right or wrong. Chaotic good. I get, is that chaotic good or whatever the f I don't yeah. fucking know I don't know yeah. that's that you know that fucking morality chart shit but um no it's it's interesting and you know I would suggest people to go watch it and I would say that my opinion on it is is that I have to agree with uh Ozymandias that I'm like okay if I have to make the you know I was talking with another friend about it like okay like we can do all these things about renewable energy and recycling and you know even if we get all the shit out of the ocean and stuff and out the ozone it's like we still have to deal with the waste in the first place and more people generate waste now i'm not somebody who's in the eugenics and talking about oh certain people don't belong to live and shit like, i'm not with that whoever's alive people should deserve to live with a certain amount of dignity and and you know minimal a minimal standard of living no matter who the fuck you are um and and, um, but, you know what I'm saying, as far as, like, doing stuff like, oh, providing contraceptives, more education, improving, you know, edu you know, improving infrastructure, giving people better, um, outlets, um, instead of just trying to, you know, fuck all day, um, all that shit, I'm, I'm for all those things, because those things will help curb, um, the population growth, and so you're able to humanely allow people to choose, to um, live a less stressful life, because it's not like motherfuckers don't know kids are stressful or expensive, and and you know, um, um, you know, it make yeah, yeah. People know raising kids is hard, but oftentimes they do it, especially in poorer countries, because you need more motherfuckers to help you out with shit, because resources are scarce. So you need to be able to, uh, you know, gather up as much as you can of whatever's available. So I get it. <laughs> so I'll give you I'll give you guys these uh, solid numbers right here. So when we're talking about like raising kids and stuff like that, it is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And and who knows, inflation's grown since those numbers have been taken. It's probably a lot more. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per child minus college. Yeah. So say uh, I thought it was like two fifty, like when we graduated high school. Two hundred fifty thousand, man. Yeah. Maybe it's probably four hundred thousand by now, and that and remember that's minus college, minus car, minus you know if your if your kid gets mixed up in crime, like because what when you a DUI is a few thousand something, or if your kid is born with you know if your kid is um, you know uh, uh, 
you know, like mentally or physically disabled and you have to get a caretaker or you have to, mm -hmm. you know, and healthcare isn't lifestyle. free. Healthcare yeah. isn't free. Not well, as we're recording this right now, as we're speaking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. healthcare is not free. We don't have Medicare for all. Yeah, we, we do not in the United States of America. We do not have Medicare for all. So yeah, that's you are also, not guaranteed uh, healthy living. So in in addition to your living, in addition to your house, your car, your like like not everybody thinks about these numbers. They think, wow, it's so beautiful. Somebody is somebody to take care of me when I'm old. Yeah. So, and then the other the other fantasy is, um, wow, it's so beautiful you know somebody who's the genetic mix of me and my lover or it's so beautiful like like no you really got to come down to earth think about these numbers and think about putting food on that table yeah you got that's that's the reality you have to come into this whole and that's what the movies i think i think some not the movies but like just generally like like commercials or some type of propaganda that's like like that still puts out Oh, children are beautiful. I, I sacrificed all of this to for this family of mine, you know. Yeah. For the family, for my family. I did it all for my family. This is so magical. I was showing a friend the the review I showed you from Your Movie Sucks mm -hmm. that they, that he that they do of Old Boy of the original of the original Korean film and then mm -hmm. the adaptation, the quote unquote adaptation by Spike Lee. <laughs> Um, which I encourage you to go and check it. Yeah, oh my God, I, I encourage you to go check it out yourself. But basically, the gist of the film is supposed to be a personal revenge story. Um, in the original one, it's just about um, enacting revenge on an individual for 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 what they considered a slight, and then that person, that victim, just wanting to get revenge back. So it's just it's just about just revenge for you know um, a perceived slight against them. Now, in the other one, in Spike Lee's adaptation, the revenge is still there, but it, um, but the thing is, they add in the context of, oh, the, the victim, that he has to do it really more so about protecting his daughter, mm -hmm. and, um, so it's just kind of, it, it, it's, it's, it's and, and, and it's just like, okay, because in American society, in the United States culture, you know what I'm saying? It's not uh, as socially acceptable to say, I'm just going to go out here and be a vigilante and enact my own sense of, you know, justice. Um, even even in, even just in entertainment. We have plenty of war movies. We have plenty of movies about you needing to go join a war or how, you know, counter-surveillance. Sergeant York. You know, yeah, all kinds of bullshit. You know, how there's always a terrorist threat and that you need to go destroy terrorism, war against terror. But no, you can't go out and, and want to enact revenge against somebody who fucked up your life, you know what I'm saying, by keeping you in captivity for, you know, over a decade. Um, yeah, it's so fucking weak. And so, and, and the thing is that, like, we throw around propaganda a lot, you know, I think propaganda is a term that gets thrown around a lot, but I mean, even as, a, as an artist, um, it's like, art is propaganda. It's, I think, I, pr I pretty much look at, like, any memes are propaganda. Any type of, you know, any any type of communication, like even as I'm talking to you right now, there's a limitation of the English language and what I can, and the thing is what I can say as an individual and what I'm communicating to you. And so whether on purpose or on not, I'm, there's always a framing, there's always a framing that is, that is um, present in everything that we're saying. And so... And when you look at when you start to look at things in that light and make it that abstract, it's like damn near everything is propaganda. 
you know, it's just a matter of what is it propaganda for and how many competing uh, propagandas uh, are there at any given time. I could already guess, like, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're a Mormon living in Utah and you want to have <laughs> 50 kids, I, I don't really know if this is for you. <laughs> yeah, really. There's your framing. <laughs> no, but, that's exactly right, though. Yeah. I mean, like, like well, one we didn't talk about, we talked about the Punisher. That's like, oh, that's, God. that's very direct. That's very direct as, as far as revenge is concerned, but there's also a degree of, you know... What was it like? Like you know, he's an ex-military guy, and then it's just the whole you know, like it's 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 tit for tat, you know. The Punisher. What's really fuck? What really fucks with me is that the whole thing about the Punisher is that it's supposed to. You're not supposed to admire the Punisher. You're supposed to be appalled by the fact that this dude is clearly just going way over the top in his in his um in avenging. In, in avenging, you know, saying these crimes and shit, and it's just kind of like, and so this kind of actually undercuts my point that I made earlier about eye for an eye, um, is that there has to be limits to this shit, you know what I'm saying? And the whole point about the the, the uh, about the Punisher, even from the author, the creator of it, is he says it's alarming to see police officers adopt this into the culture because this is supposed to be um, against vigilante justice. Like, the Punisher was created as a symbol of what not, of how our justice system should not, and how law enforcement should not be. We should be better than this. Which I don't completely agree with, just, which, well, hold on, hold on, let me, let me put that differently. Which, yes, I agree with that, but I'm not going to ignore the fact that we, that, you know, every once in a while, blood is going to be spilled, and... And, and there are some motherfuckers whom they cannot be reasoned with. They will not change their ways unless they are... Uh, they won't even change their ways. They will con- They will always try to obstruct. And this is something that I talk about with people who are, like, sitting themselves in the left-wing, you know, political sphere and stuff. And they want to talk about get rid of police, get rid of, you know, central intelligence and shit. And I'm like, okay, yeah, obviously there's lots of issues with, with, with you know, within those spaces. But... What are you going to do if, say, we get our leaders in and we start getting our policies and shit enacted? How are you going to protect us against the reactionaries, against the loyalists, against the monarchists, against the neo-Nazis, the fascists, against the authoritarians? What are you going to do about engaging with them? Are you just going to say, are you just going to completely disarm yourselves because it's quote-unquote morally wrong to, to fight fire with fire or whatever that stupid-ass phrase? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you can't fight fire with fire. It doesn't fucking work. Well, they've been fighting their, our fire with their fire, and it's been fucking working. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's it's just it's 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 clearly that some motherfuckers just kind of have their heads in the cloud and 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 haven't really thought through about the. They're only thinking about the potential of the things that they want and the things that, you know, the potential they see, which is great. You need that. But the other side, you need the practical application of, okay, what are we going to do in the meantime? And what is the dirt that's going to actually have to get done? Not even dirt, but what's the dirty work that has to be done in order to secure this more optimized way of living and way of organizing ourselves? Because it's not just going to happen. It's not just going to happen from peaceful protests and uh, peaceful passive resistance. It's just not. Because all all the famous movements that we think were just 
made because of passive resistance? No, you need to double check your history. There was a lot of violence and bloodshed that was going on at the same time. Well, I think the other thing is, is palm greasing. If it's, if it's not, because I'm saying it, because if it's not, if it's not peaceful protest and if it's not violence, mm -hmm. It's money. It's money. It's, trans it's, it's money. Transact it's transactional. I mean, I mean, look at because there's the glorious revolution in England, and that has nothing to do with peaceful protest or war. That's like that's a Protestant king coming in with all his money from the Netherlands, getting on the throne, and everybody just saying, "Here you go." There was a, there was a war maybe like a decade after he took the crown, mm. but that was like that's more like very religion focused, mm. you know. And that actually, and that war still waged up until the 90s. That's the Troubles in Ireland. Jesus Christ. Yeah, King Billy's on the wall. That's his song. That's what the what the Protestants sing when they they when they uh, give praise to their their Protestant Irish background. Yeah. And then uh, Uwa up the raw, up the raw, up the Republican army. That's the song for the Greens, for the Catholics in Northern Ireland. So they, you know, and that, that went on until the 90s, and there's still, like, stockpiles of explosives, nail bombs, which is just like a grenade with a bunch of nails. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, yeah, there's, there's England for you. That, there's, there's, there's your violence. Yeah. You know, that, there's your violence Why right there. tiny fucking island colonized the whole goddamn world. <laughs> How? England? Yes. The Navy? Great. No, I mean, I mean, I know, the thing is, I know that, but I'm just like... Like, seeing the situation they're in now with this fucking Brexit thing and, like, yeah. everybody's scared because they, it have fucking wrecked the economy and it's just, like, them just having to come to the realization, at least the Brexiters, them having to come to the realization that, no, we're just a tiny island, we have a pretty decent economy and shit like that, but it's, like, besides that, we're not really a force, we're just another blip, you know what I'm saying, in the fucking, you know, in the, we're just another blip, you know? There's still the, the common grand scheme of things. The Commonwealth is still, like, uh... Uh, financial, somewhat financial. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so there's still that that plays a factor into it. Yeah, because it's a big, because it's a big, uh, it's a it's a big, it's a huge consumer base of of higher of on average more of of higher educated and people living in a more modernized uh, circumstances. So if you're a citizen of Canada, you mm -hmm. can join the British Army. You could the English army. You could join the United Kingdom army if you're a citizen of Canada. Mm. You have that ability. You also have um, you join the the Special Air Service, which is like England's equivalent to our Navy SEALs, the SAS. Mm. So you actually can. There is that kind of connect. Same thing with England. I don't think South Africa is not part of the Commonwealth anymore. New Zealand is, and then there's several islands in the Pacific, and so on and so forth. Mm. Yeah. And the, you know, the thing, the list goes on and on, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fucking, yeah. No, it's wild. It's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. It's, it's, it's so amazing to think about how... You know, it's so it's so easy to sit here and, and look at how, how long things have been the way they are and just come to the realization that this shit is all very recent in the grand scheme of things and that how fragile it all is. You know, none of this shit, all of this shit could easily be, you know, could be falling down or disrupted, you know, from an earthquake or from a fucking well-placed, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, you know, explosive or, you know, controlled demo, you know, or just all kinds of shit. Like, any of this shit can be, 
destroyed with not too much effort. Well, some things weren't... In the blink of an eye. Some things weren't built to last, and some things weren't built to last on purpose. Yeah, of course. Uh, in addition, I was, like, I was like, oh yeah, we want it destroyed for the insurance money, or <laughs> we want it destroyed because we have already this thing waiting in the wings to replace it that we think is better, mm -hmm. and you don't know about it yet, yeah. and that thing's been in place for the last six, seven years. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, way beyond... Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, we're always going to be operating at a, at an, uh, there's always going to be an asymmetry of, of information and asymmetry of, of, you know, flow and, you know, and understanding of stuff. Um, that's just the way that it is. That's crazy, man. Have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, pull up that, uh, that gorilla that was on DMT. <laughs> started doing the moonwalk. Yeah. They got fucking fish people in a tank. <laughs> they got fish people. They're turning the frogs gay. They're these, marrying the frogs. Chimeras. Now the frogs want to adopt tadpoles. <laughs> what the fuck is? Oh no! What is a um a toad? Uh, you know um, um. Next thing you know, he's like, what is? What's next? You're gonna have a toad marrying a frog, and they're gonna have a rabbit fucking a deer. You can walk around a bunch of deer bunnies. What kind of weird shit is that? <laughs> God damn it, doing this dude's voice is so fucking... We got these <laughs> half-human chimeras inside uh, of a Because they're growing these half-human beings just to create medicine and spare <laughs> body parts. Mm. <laughs> they're taking babies away from the hospitals in Texas. Like, it's sometimes <laughs> baby deformed. Like, I, I watched that one. That one was... <laughs> that, that, the, the last Alex Jones episode of... Uh, Oh, is it still going? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, it's still going. <laughs> Last Alex Jones episode of, of Joe Rogan. That one was, uh... That one was something. I didn't watch it. I, I, I don't plan on watching it. I've seen clips of it and shit. I just find it too problematic that he keeps inviting these motherfuckers on. Or, I'm sorry. Well, he hasn't invited them on in a minute. Um... Yeah, it's fucking wild. But we're gonna go ahead and end it there. It's already about two, over two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, it's good for a long drive. Yeah.